We are going. See, now that you've asked me if I'm ready, I feel not ready. I feel pressure. Anyway. Literally asked you like four, <laughs> four hours ago. Welcome to episode two of Dust Watch. Hey. We have a name. Yeah, we do. And we also have names. We do as well, yes. It, it occurred to me as I was listening back to our last episode that we didn't introduce ourselves. Not at all. It's a little bit sad that we're assuming that nobody who doesn't know us is going to be listening to this. Yes, that is <laughs> that's 100% true. Yes, yes. Would you like to tell the people who you are? Oh, I get to introduce myself? Yeah, go for it. Wow. Uh, hello, everybody. I... Anyway, this is Aaron Carter, <laughs> who no longer gets to introduce himself because he made me uncomfortable. Why did that make you uncomfortable? <laughs> How dare you? That was a good little introduction. You are Aaron Carter. And you are Emma Skies. I am Emma Skies. Aaron's trying real hard not to dox me on this podcast First right now. First of all, I know what to say. That's all I'll say. So you are Aaron Carter. <laughs> I, I am, am Aaron Emma Carter. Skies, and this is episode two of Dust Watch. Yes, it is. Which is a title I'm very excited about. We went back and forth on a lot of different things before we settled on that. You wanted to call it Gobblers, which is disgusting. Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, I have a text message right here. That wasn't a title name. That was, hey, these are things that we could go off of. Yeah, but Gobblers is not a good one. Uh, whatever you say. Whatever you say. You I mean, Dust Watch was my idea, so whatever. Look up, what's the, uh, the dictionary, urban dictionary and... Type in gobblers. You don't want us to be called gobblers. We're going to talk about this show. Okay, go ahead. Episode two of His Dark Materials. Yes. The idea of the North. Is that going to be the title of this episode? We got to come up with a clever title. We'll get okay. there. We'll get there. Well, you're, okay, let's go. So we left off uh, last week with Lyra leaving Oxford. Yes. She leaving, was going with Mrs. Leaving Jordan. Mrs. Bigsby to, um, to London. London. There you go. There it is. Uh, what's her name though? I've, I've already Mrs. Coulter. Mrs. Coulter. Okay, she's going to Mrs. Coulter, uh, going with Mrs. Coulter to London to become uh, her kind of apprentice Research slash assistant. Yes, um, and uh, also subplot to find Roger. Yes. Yeah. And also subplot: the Egyptians are also on their way to London to find their stolen children. Yes. And that's uh, about where we left off. Last that's week. where we left off. They were all on their way to, to London. And uh, there were some questions that I had in the beginning, or at the end of that last episode, of things I wanted to see. I wanted to see more of the society, uh, or how society is in this world, in a big city. Not like in the college or the little slums of the uh, Egyptians. That's what they were. Don't lie and say they weren't. I actually see like a, a metropolis type of situation in this next one. But go ahead, go ahead. Go so we ahead. jump into episode two, and episode two makes... Some choices. Episode two makes some real interesting but choices see, that we're gonna get that, into. But as as a newcomer outsider, you're just I, like this is what this is. This is what it is. This is just the story. So I know you you're you're saying you're saying choices with underlining. It is bold. It is underlined. It is italicized. They're making choices. For me, this is Helvetica, uh, in normal font. And that's it. Like, it's just, this is story. Like, so, it's intriguing. It is. But we'll get in there. So we're, we're going to kind of go in order with this. So they they arrive at Mrs. Coulter's very, very fancy building. Trump Tower. And Lyra, oh, that's horrible. <laughs> Lyra, like, has to cover her eyes to look up. She's never seen something so big or so tall. And then she says, is all of this yours? She's never seen anything like it before. She's seen a large building. She's seen the college. And Does she think, the is whole all this yours, Masters? Theirs. It no. is. The college is is theirs. So when is she sees this building, she's like, "Do you like? Is this all your house?" And she goes, "No, it's just you know, just the one floor." And I just noticed that some of the um, like furniture and everything 
kind of looks a little modern day IKEA ish. Yes, it does. They the they've gone a very modern route with like the setting for this. Yeah. Um, I know I shouldn't say very modern. I mean, the cars look a little interesting. Well, since you read the book, did they describe anything of how London looks? In the, like the, that I'm sure they did, but not enough to have stuck with me, like to the point. Like I don't, I don't know what it looks like. Well, because when we were watching it, and then I was like, "Well, geez, what year is this?" Like, from, I don't know. Just from looking, you were just like your reaction, yours and um, Liz and Tyler. Liz and Tyler. Everybody's reaction was kind of well. No, yours was kind of more just just watch, <laughs> as opposed I'm to content to just let the setting be the setting. Okay, like for the most part. I, it kind of seemed like you didn't think it was set I would like have, the I would have thought it was older. Really? Yeah. But again, that might just be like, I don't know. Your own imagination from reading it, right? But like, I don't have, whatever. I don't, whatever. It's not important. We're getting so, <laughs> we're already digressing so far. And we're like, well, here's what the cars look like but and I what the furniture important. looks I like. I think it's kind of important. Uh, like the set, it's the setting. Like you, you get a, a it's, it's world building and everything like that. Like so it's, it's different. So it's, it's different enough that when you go, because this is something that happens later in the episode, when you go to another world uh-huh. and it's a world much closer to ours, it is very different and very yeah. noticeably different. It's so when important. this one looks close enough to ours that, like, the furniture could be part of our world. Like, this could all be part of us. Yeah. I mean. Um, like, they haven't even gone into the fact that they don't call electricity electricity. So you're kind of giving things away now. I don't think they're going to say anything because it's not addressed. Yeah, but no, I'm saying just in the way that you're, 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 uh, the things that you're saying right now, because I'm just thinking of this as, like, it's an alternate earth just back in the day go ahead no we're going to keep going forward i don't we'll know where you're going I'll, I'll explain as soon as we keep going forward all just, right let's just keep going forward so they've we've gotten 20 seconds into this episode <laughs> this is what we've gotten um so like lyra and pan are very excited about their new furnishings and they jump face first on the bed and it's so comfy and they're happy to be here and lyra's talking about you know this this is our home and then once roger gets here then it'll be a home for all of us and we're yes. all gonna live here and we're all gonna be happy yes Yes. I I didn't get that from uh, any of this. She gets to stare across London from the yeah. rooftop and talk about how she's not afraid of heights. You hear all that from her. None from Pan. You were just on this thing of, like, hating Pan. No, and I'm I not do not. No, it. see, time out there. I do not hate the character Pan. Or, excuse me, the pet Pan. I want a character I'm gonna from I'm going to mute. This one's you, right? I can just turn this one all you don't know the which way one down. I, no. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just going to hit the mute on one of these. That's I'm going like, to hit press buttons until I ruin our podcast. Don't press any buttons. I just wanted to, like, if I got more dialogue from Pan and his excitement from being there, too, that would give me more of a character Pan. And I bet but you. But you can see through the episode that he is much more cautious about this than she is. She's very excited to be there. And he's like, I don't know about this. Like, I don't think we should be changing. I don't but I think thought they feel each other. Like, their emotions, their excitements, their They their do, scares, but they're their, still, their, I mean, fears. like, independent personalities. Are they're they? the same person, but they're different. Okay. All right. So, because we're, 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 we'll get hung up on every little detail if, uh, if we continue. Which I do. That's me. I like... Mm-hmm. I like details into things, even the ones that I don't notice on the first watch through. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, so we've watched it twice, we should say. Yes, about maybe two and a half times. Yeah. Because we're kind of still got it rolling in the background. So, so Lyra, uh, do you want to talk about Mrs. Coulter's weird intrusive thoughts? So Lyra and Mrs. Coulter are having breakfast, right? 
something like that. They're yeah, they're eating. Sort of, they're eating. They're out on the balcony and they're talking. And um, Lyra's looking over the balcony and she can see, you know, the whole city. And for some reason, I don't know, it just out of the blue, Mrs. Coulter is just like, yeah, you know, looking over there. Sometimes I uh, got to push down these thoughts of me wanting to jump. And I'm like, okay, uh, this is a 12 year old child that you're talking <laughs> to right now. Why are we talking about suicide? Like, what's what's going yeah, on? You got to be open about these things. Intrusive no. thoughts. Everybody has them. N- it happens. Not to share. How about that? <laughs> don't act upon them and don't share them uh, with a twelve-year-old child. How about that? That's just weird because actually, there's multiple times in this episode that she zones out a little bit, and I've got my own theories about that as well. Okay. Like, and we'll get to that like towards I say the end because I think it after we say all this other stuff. All right. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So. Uh, she has her weird, I might want to jump sometimes thoughts, uh, has, shares that information, and then immediately snaps out of it and is like, hey, let's go to the Arctic Institute. And Lyra and that's gets very thing. excited. She snaps a lot out of different moods. Like, it'll be this little one volatile. way. volatile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. It's it's strange. And, and and again, just remember that, listener, for my theory later. Okay. That, that's what I, that's what I say. Aaron's got some theories that I've he got wants to lot. share. I wrote some of them down. It's interesting. Okay. Continue. Let's go for you. Um, yeah, so they go to the Arctic Institute. They, they're they going for lunch, and Lyra gets to see, you know, she, she walks into this room, and she sees all these things that she's very excited about. Like explorers. And people. Yeah, and people. yeah. She knew them by name. Yeah, she, Mrs. Coulter, you know, waves to somebody. A scrailing um, is what they, she calls him. She's like, is that is that a scrailing? Um, which they didn't tell you what that is. Nope. So we won't say anything about it, but it's just something that Lyra is, ex- somebody that Lyra is excited to see. It was the guy that made, what did she say? She said he made the map. Something, or he mapped out something. Honestly, I can't remember what she said. She said she explained who the guy was, like a brief little. Like, it's the guy that you know yeah. mapped out blah blah blah. But it was all words that I don't know. It's not in my vernacular. But just to so. set the the tone of like things that Lyra's excited about and things that Mrs. Coulter obviously knows a lot about. She knows the guy by name. Everyday stuff for Coulter. New stuff that's exciting for Lyra. For Lyra. Yeah, she's she's looking at uh, everything in the glass cases. You know, Mrs. Coulter goes and sits down. She gets Lyra. Runs the other side of the room. She said, "Is that is that an armored bear skull?" And yeah, she like runs armored. across the room. And she's yelling, and Mrs. Coulter kind of has that moment of like, "You're embarrassing me. You need to come sit down." But it was a cool little, you know. She's excited about all the new stuff. I like seeing the little bear skull. Actually, that the design of that whole little set. I don't know if that's a real place, but with like I'm guessing whale ribs surrounding the restaurant, which is pretty cool. And then there's like a giant globe. Like in the middle of the place, mm-hmm. did you catch that? I like the whole aesthetic of that whole little restaurant. Like I'd eat there. I think it was cool. Oh, I'm I'm glad they have your patronage. I'm sure they're happy to know that. Yeah, yeah. Unless that's like some evil place. Is that an evil place? I, I, yeah, I hate you so much. <laughs> keep going. Just keep going. Um. So they sit down and they have their food. And and Lyra, uh, Lyra turns to Miss Coulter and she says, "You know, I've been I've been doing some thinking, and I think I should be helping you look for Roger." I think this is what we should be doing. You said yourself, you know, children's eyes are good, you know, good to have on hand. I should be helping you. And Mrs. Coulter is kind of shuts it down very quickly. And she says, I need you to trust me. And she just says, look around, you know, look at this room. How many women do you see? She basically, there's, I am the only woman here. You are the only little girl here. And she, she sits her down and she tells her that things are different for her and people will underestimate you and people will think low of you unless you let me mold you into what you need to be. But that didn't make any sense to me. So when she's talking about that, because initially I thought the direction she was going to go with be like, hey, look how many women are around. Not really a lot. We stand out. 
you can't look for something that's hidden without causing attention to come to you. So let me handle this my way. But it was more of like, no, we need to be like when she said people underestimate you. I'm like, yeah. Let them so you can find and do what well, you need to do. Well, that's what she's telling Larry. She says, I'm, she basically says, like, I'm going to teach you to wield that like a power. Like, you're going to use that to your advantage. If you let me mold you into the person that you need to be. Like, you do everything I say and let me turn you into me, basically. Mm. And Lyra says, yeah. She's like, oh, I tr- you know, I trust you. And she's still in this mode of, like, this is the person that I want to be like she and we're in this place that like I want to be in her seat someday, like knowing all the famous explorers and going there myself. And but if you're Aaron, an audience member who's new to all this, you instantly know that she's shady. I'm sorry. <laughs> she just comes off as shady. Miss Coulter just from the moment she stepped into frame, it was like. She's shady. That was very much intentional on their part, on the part of making the show. She was Hands very down. much supposed to be. And they succeeded. They succeeded. Like, if they wanted me to think she wasn't trustworthy, I got it. So while Lyra agrees to not help look for Roger because she's going to trust Mrs. Coulter to do so, we go back to the Egyptians who have also arrived in London. Yeah. And Full effect, too. Like, they are, they are all, they're like 20 deep. It's a good, it's a good number. It's a good number of them. I, yeah, you're trying some type of little i don't know i'm really just making fun of you being excited there's like 20 people yeah 20 deep is pretty (laughs) pretty forceful where you're going to try to find somebody yeah what do you not like a thousand i suspect like a whole country of people are going to roll up into london but yeah 20 deep is pretty that's pretty deep so the egyptians have come across some information that they believe to be credible did they ever say where they got this uh this uh this credible they might have, and I might have just not paid attention. I don't to think. It. Well, I was paying attention twice, and I don't remember. If them I did, I didn't it. write it down. Okay. Uh, but they found information on where they believe the children are being held, and they're like, "We're gonna get everybody ready to go, and we're gonna go and hit them in the morning, and we're gonna go get the kids back." Because like one of their scouts saw something. It was like a van that arrived at the same time. But they did not confirm that there were kids inside the location that they were scouting. Basically, they were Correct. like, "This is where we believe them to be." Yes. Okay. Um. Yeah, and then so they we kind of just we we kind of cut back and forth quite a bit through the episode of different things. So we go yeah. from there back to Lyra and Mrs. Coulter in the bath scene. Yeah, so they're they're in the bath. Uh, Mrs. Coulter. In the bath. Oh yeah, Lyra's in the bath. Mrs. Coulter is washing her hair. Uh, you have a very respectful monkey uh, with his back turned uh, to the young girl in the bath. Um, Which yeah. was actually a, a detail from the book. Like, in the, the scene is in the book, and it's like, that, that's one of the things that we talked about a little bit yesterday, or last week. Um, there are some conversations that are verbatim, and, like, there are scenes in here that are so true to the book, like, it's right off the page. And this is one of those, like, where they actually, it actually mentions that the monkey turns around because it's a male monkey, and Lyra's a young girl, and she's naked, so he specifically turns around. But Makes Pan, sense. however, doesn't because they're basically children together. And also, it's her demon, so it's not exactly. Like so theoretically, he's own. already seen her naked. Well, yes, and it's like it's your soul. It's yeah, your, it's mean, your own person. Okay. Um, and one of the things that I liked about this is she starts she starts telling this really fanciful story to Mrs. Coulter that obviously isn't true. It's obviously a child's exaggeration. Mrs. Coulter kind of grabs her hair and says, "Don't lie to me." She's like, "I'm not lying. Just don't lie to me." More child abuse, too. But like you get this this notion that Lyra has like these she's she tells tall tales she's a, kind of a compulsive liar. 
yeah, you you seem pretty um, satisfied that they actually went that route with actually showing this time. I like that they put episode. that in. It's a par- it's a part of her personality that that I like that they're keeping. That she's in. a habitual liar. Yeah. Okay. She likes to exaggerate. She likes to tell stories. She likes. Well, to see, be- okay. I'll 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 go with that instead of. I mean, it is lying. Yes, but like to use hyperbole a lot when it comes to your personal life or it's a nice way to say it i mean because it's she, a kid thing it's a kid a thing it's like oh man i caught a fish you know three times as big as you know it's just you use it's the one upper basically oh you did that oh well guess what i did this like you know okay cool you didn't do any of this did you i understand it's a kid it's it's more it's more character development i guess in this episode with lyra yeah. So and and you get a moment with um because you know Mrs. Coulter tells her you know she's don't lie to me you know you can't you can't say things like this you can't lie like this and she kind of gives her a little speech about how like you can't this this can't be the person that you're gonna be you need to act a certain way you need to fit in a certain way if you're gonna be here and if you're gonna succeed in your life yeah um and then in the next scene you know Pan is Pan kind of has this moment he's like I don't think we should change just to fit in here. And Lyra kind of has to, you know, she she is very much on board with everything right now. She's yeah, like, well, we deserve to have nice things. And then she says she was, uh, you know, she's the, Miss Coulter is the first person to ever tell her that she can be something, mm-hmm. you know, more than just what she was. So I can see her, yeah. She gets, she's enthralled with the, you know, the idea of I'm going to be a great person now. Yeah. And Miss Coulter is going to mold me into this, you know, powerful woman just like she is mm-hmm. so i get that yes and pan's a little more like uh you should be a little I mean, more cautious a little little smarter than the average bear you know because he can see right through everything which makes perfect sense because the the viewers can't so yeah then we get one of our weird mrs Coulter zoning out scenes that was also weird so as it's, it's like simultaneously while she's while uh lyra is talking about all that stuff right mm-hmm. she's it's the, the camera's going back and forth between Lyra just really being, you know, oh, yeah, this is all going well, to Mrs. Coulter over the bathtub just kind of zoning out. Just staring off into space. Yeah, just like, I'm telling you, this all goes in. Just Again, listener, hold that thought for later. It all comes into my theory at the end about Mrs. Coulter because it's, it's a doozy, yes. It is. So... She has whatever she ha- moment she has. She snaps out of it. She drains the bathtub, and we go back to the Egyptians. Yes, we're we go right back, back to the Egyptians. Them. Yes, and they uh, they are they have found where they're going. Yeah. They start kicking in windows. They're they're breaking shit. A lot of lot of vandalism for no reason. I mean, the place already seemed pretty vandalized. Yeah, but you all went through one door. Why did we go up on the roof <laughs> and start breaking windows? And so they couldn't get out. When you got to them, you had to make sure they didn't have an escape route. You made escape routes. You opened windows at the top. What are you talking about? They just broke a whole bunch of stuff for no reason. I don't pretend to know the inner workings of the Egyptians. Okay. They had a plan. All you need to know is the inner workings of just basic inter-entrances. Like, there's an exit there now. Exit there now. Because you broke all these holes. So anybody can leave. So doesn't matter anyway because there's nobody there. Yeah, because they let them out. They That's are. What <laughs> They're too late. They they get to a place where clearly the children have been. Uh, yeah, they, there's evidence all around of it. Yeah. Oh, we skipped that, though, because they showed the children beforehand. They did. They did. But you didn't like that. Yeah, so 
earlier we see Roger being led into a room with a bunch of other children, and Billy Costa is there. You see Roger and Billy who know each other. You Which know. they did not establish previously in the last episode, because Billy and Roger never met in the last episode. They did not. But you have said in the books that Roger and Lyra have gone down to the Egyptians, so theoretically... They all know each other. They know each other, yeah. yeah. So he sees uh, he sees Billy Costa there, and they're there. Together. So this is scenes that are added from... The book, they're not, like, these scenes are not in the book because, as I've said before, like, we see the world through Lyra's eyes. We see the story through Lyra's perspective, and this obviously isn't something she would have seen. So they're kind of just putting this in there. So at the same time, like, just so you know, here's all these kidnapped children. I think maybe they have to do it this way because, like, I just asked you before we did started recording, what show did, can you think of where they only showed it from the perspective of one character? You asked me literally like 30 seconds before we started, and I was like, I don't have time to think about that right now. I mean, you should get it right off the bat. Come on, something. Something has to I don't to like pop. being put on the spot like this. Something has to come Anyway, up. so <laughs> they, they show all that shit. Um, and yep. I, so I'm looking through the book, and I realize this is an hour-long episode that spans 20 pages, roughly. Yeah? We go through 20 pages of the book in an hour because, because so much is added. So do you think, since it's only 20 pages from this one hour that upcoming episodes will cut out some things and they'll fast track to certain points I, in the book. I mean, clearly they're fast tracking some shit. Yeah, but like they're clearly fast tracking some shit, which we'll get to. But, but I like don't know. You, but like you're saying because stuff if, from book two is in this yes, thing. Yes. Um so you gotta so I mean you gotta imagine the first episode covered what, eighty pages? Okay. It's covered about twenty. So they're kind of all over the place. So about a hundred every two. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I I feel like in the next few episodes, it's really going to determine to, uh, or it's really going to be interesting to see your reaction to it in the next few episodes because I, I wish everybody saw her face when there are certain things I just can't keep a straight face with. When multiple things, oh not my just on this episode no, it alone, was, it was a few times. Multiple things happen, and Emma was just like. Really? We're going here? I was now? yelling. There are some massive deviations from the book in this episode. It was fucking bonkers. I lost my shit. But, like, you realize to the people that have not read the book. Like, it doesn't matter the, to you. Yeah, like, this is just more stuff that's like, okay, we're getting more story. Cool. Like, it's not a major plot twist for me yet. Which is, that's okay. Whatever. Whatever. A couple, it's, both of them. We'll get to them. We'll but, get yeah. It. Well, it's fucking stupid. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> So we cut back to Lyra and Pan, and they're in the apartment, and Pan hears noises in the walls. Yes. And he's trying to wake up Lyra. He's like, you need to, like, something's happening, something's happening. And she's like, no, it's the pipes. Go to sleep. And she starts throwing pillows at him. She's like, fuck off. Go to sleep. Because he's transformed into, like, a moth. and you He's know. trying to investigate, but yeah, he can't yeah. go anywhere. He's looking around. Her. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's just like, fuck off. Go, go to sleep. Correct. Because you can't go far... From your demon. I don't Correct. know if we said that in the first episode. We did. Okay, cool. Just making sure. Because yeah. my initial thing is like, if if we didn't know that, I'd be like, just turn into a little uh, like fly and go check it out, Pan. You know? Yeah. You can only go so far from your person. I wonder how far. Like, what's the actual distance? They, I think they say in the book at certain, certain points, because they, they do talk about how, like, when you're a kid, everybody does it. Everybody tests the limits. Yeah, yeah. Everybody tests how far yeah, they can go. Exactly. And it's not far. It's like, like 10 feet. Wow, that sucks. <laughs> like, you got to be close. I would hate to have that life. You got to. I mean, have somebody within 10 feet of you at all times. But it's not, 
it's it's comforting in this world. It's comforting because it's not a stranger. It's not somebody that like you don't like. It's it's your soul. Yeah, I guess. We don't have a concept for it. Yeah, I have no alone time at all. <laughs> like, but it's like being with your demon is being alone. Is it though? Yeah. Especially if they have their own personality. What if you have like a talkative demon? <laughs> like, shut up, dude. Like for one I mean, second. clearly Mrs. Coulter and her demon don't always get along. Yeah. Again, <laughs> theory on that one. Theory on that one. Continue, please. Oh man. Um. So we cut kind of back and forth a few times. We're we're back to the Egyptians who are too late to rescue the kids. They're trying to figure out what do they want the children for. But they do find Is evidence that 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 they're. Uh, they found kid the, yeah there. they found Billy's sweater yeah so they know that the ch- the children were there and it's their kid so they Correct. know they're on the right path yeah um we see Roger and Billy in whatever new place that they've been taken to yeah uh and they they have a nice little scene Billy talks about missing his mom and and Roger talks about you know I don't have a mom to miss but I know my friend is looking for us yeah my friend Lyra like the she's not gonna giant give up. teeth of his yes <laughs> he's a cute little boy. I just said he had giant teeth. That does not take. He'll grow into them eventually. <laughs> so he's having this this nice, heartfelt conversation about how you know his friend Lyra is looking for him right now. Cut to Lyra trying on a dress for a cocktail exactly. party. Well, I mean, I wouldn't cut it to like make it seem like oh she was picking out dresses herself. She was kind of being done up by yeah. uh, you know Mrs. Coulter, and she didn't even like it. Like. Yeah, she said there there ain't much given it. Exactly. She likes to move around. She likes to be able to run places. And Mrs. Coulter's like, you're gonna sit in this pretty dress and you're gonna look nice. And did you write down what Miss Coulter actually said? Like, the way you look is something. There was, there was a line. So the the clothes that you wear determine how people see you. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That 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 really was like, you can't be this ruffian kid anymore. That's just running around. You well, and, and, and Lyra looks in the mirror, and I like the way that they did it. She, she looks in the mirror, she says, I like it, I think. Like, she's not sure. Yeah. Like, she needs Mrs. Coulter to be like, do I do I like this? Is this is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Like, am I, you know, she's I wanted, still. I wanted some of that, I think, in the first episode. Because mm-hmm. it made me feel like more like, oh, yeah, she really wants to, you know, she's having this connection with Mrs. Coulter. It's a good, it's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Good, yeah. I, I got lost in my notes for a second. You're terrible. Zoned out. <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> I was reading the next part of my notes to see what's coming up next. Then we had the scene uh, your favorite character is in. Yeah. Boreal. So far. so far, he's my favorite character. Lord Boreal goes to see the master of Jordan College because he wants to see the head of, of Dr. Grumman that Lord Asriel presented them with. It was actually... A very well shot scene. Yeah. From the entrance of uh, Boreal to you get that uh, thing where he's like leaning down, and then the master's yeah, demon, and then the master's flies, demon over flies over. That was actually shot very well. And then their conversation. Why it was in every single trailer. They were really yeah. okay. See, I haven't. I don't remember any of that from the, any of the trailers. But their conversation together, the camera angles that they had, the uh, the master's bird uh, becoming more agitated and forceful mm-hmm. as. The master gets more like, hey, this is my spot. We do what we want. We're keeping the head down there. And it was it was done well. And and I, I was just like, that's actually a, a very good scene. So the context of what's going on is that um, Lord Boreal wants to see the head of Dr. Grumman because he wants to basically confirm that it's him and, you know, just see how he died. There might be evidence on his head that the magisterium needs. Yeah. You know, we'd like we'd like to look at it. And the master of Jordan College 
Um, basically just tells them, get the fuck out. Like, we yeah. have Scholastic Sanctuary. You don't get to come in here. The Magisterium does not get to come in here and make demands of us. This is you our also, place. You also gave a little away talking about, um, I don't I don't think that's how that works. Yeah, I, it was. it's a bold statement to make. He was like, he basically was like, the Magisterium cannot come in here and tell us these things. I was like, yeah. that's a really bold statement to make to the face of somebody who is essentially the Magisterium right now. But I haven't seen that yet. Like I said, I haven't seen this power that the magisterium has they have yeah they can't they haven't really showed they a, haven't like a big part of it it's kind of like this shadowy organization right now that's all it seems like yeah that nobody really fears i would say like because they haven't they haven't because the only people we've seen have been people from jordan college who yeah. have scholastic sanctuary and apparently and that, lord azrael who just doesn't give a fuck about anything that apparently and yeah i can't take anything from him you know because he's gonna do whatever the hell he wants to do mm-hmm. but like I feel like there's nobody, like, remember season one of Daredevil when yeah. nobody wanted to even say the Kingpin's name? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking, like, the Magisterium is going to, like, oh, no, we're not going to mess with them with at all. Like, okay, we got Scholastic Freedom over here or whatever, but still, okay. We'll Every time we say Scholastic Sanctuary, I think of those Scholastic book fairs from school. Oh, yeah. Every single time. That's terrible. I can't get that out of my head. Nobody... I love those book fairs. Really? Everybody loved those book fairs. I never sold <gasps> anything from them. You mean you never sold anything? The book fair? I mean, bought any book uh, fair um, from those uh, things. Like the bear stain, stain bears, I think it was the only books I was ever interested in buying, but what? Were you like four? The bear stain bears? You don't remember those? No, I do. So then what are you talking about? I was like, were you like four at all of these book fairs? Always, yeah. Every single one of them, I was always for. There was never any novels that I remember. This might have been there if it wasn't banned. Really? Yeah. Okay, whatever. <laughs> We're getting far off into... Okay. It's classic book fairs. Yes. Um, yeah, so the, the master of Jordan College says, no, get the fuck out, and uh, get the fuck out, Boreal does. And he does. He just he Again, leaves. reinforcing the statement that nobody cares about the <laughs> magisterium. Like, you're not threatening, because he just bounced. I mean, he You're did not go, wrong. You're he not did wrong. go do what he wanted to do anyway, though. He does later, yes. Yeah. yeah we see him later. Um, so cut back to, to Lyra and Mrs. Coulter, and they're reading and, and, you know, trying to have some nice productive school time, and Lyra's reading she's about electrons. And, but Lyra's yeah, bored. She's bored with it. And Mrs. Coulter kind of calls her on it. She's like, you're not paying attention. Um, and then Lyra, you know, she's like, I, you know... I want you to mold me into somebody who reads some books, maybe, but really somebody who travels and explores and adventures. She's restless. And finds. And finds people when they're yeah, lost. Yeah, there you go. She's she's pushing she's pushing the, the Which subject. I was pleased with. Yeah. That she didn't just let go and then keep going. Yeah. Does she just does she bring it up more in the book? Cause you said there's a there's like you said whenever like he gets taken and then um, she, Mrs. Coulter, just takes her, and she doesn't think about um, she like forgets Roger about until Roger when, like, until she's leaving. Yeah, but afterwards, now that we're in this section of it, and they're in London, so think about that section mm-hmm. in the book. Is she bringing this up anymore? Is Roger uh, a topic of a discussion? I want to say yes, but also I can't entirely remember. You literally had the book to. I know it's sitting right in front terrible. of me. I'm sorry. I'm halfway through the Ember Spyglass right now, so everything's kind of melded together. It's That's the, the third book? book. Okay, the third book. Okay, I don't know. I don't know the names. You know. Um. But yeah, so she she has this talk with Mrs. Coulter, and then you know Mrs. Coulter's like, you know, get back to reading about electrons, and then uh, Lyra decides to show off a little bit. She does. 
she basically uh, tells Miss Coulter that electrons are similar to negatively charged particles that are yeah. similar to dust. dust, which they're not sure are charged at all, mm-hmm. or something like that. Which I'm guessing they said all that during the meeting. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Something to that effect, essentially. She's basically kind of going over all the information that she got from Lord Azrael. Lord Azrael, whenever he told everybody about the dust that he found up north, Um, and Mrs. Coulter gets very. She's like, "Oh, what do you know about dust?" Let's not skip this because this is important to my theory as well. Mrs. Coulter squeezes her monkey under the table, like in a "You're hurting me up down here, Mrs. Coulter." But she doesn't seem to feel any of the uh, the old pain there. Mm. Yeah, I know. Mm, yeah. You can go ahead and keep your mmms. <laughs> all right? I know what I'm talking about here. Because Pan even notices under the table what's going on with Mrs. Coulter and he her, see, yeah. her grippy hands down there when Lyra starts talking about dust. And he's like, that's a little odd. Like, nobody would grip their soul like that and just be cool. Just be fine with it. So, yes, uh, Mrs. Coulter inquires more about, what do you know about dust, Lyra? And Lyra spews off a whole bunch of stuff showing off, cocky in a way mm-hmm. as well. Because um, in her mind, she's just trying to show Mrs. Coulter, she's like, I'm ready to do things. I know things. Yeah. You know, I am capable. And Mrs. Coulter's like, where'd you find that? Or where'd you hear that from? And quickly, she lies. Because Pan tells her to. Pan says, He's no. like, yeah, shaking his head like, nah, yeah, let's like, cut she, all that. She pulls something out of her ass. She says, oh, a traveling scholar from New Denmark. Not bad, though. Yeah. Actually, pretty pretty quick on the uh, the feet there. And uh, Miss Coulter buys it, hook, line, and sinker. So, I don't know. And she tells Lyra, you know, when Lyra asks, oh, well, what do you know? Like, Lyra, Lyra wants to know more. And Miss Coulter says, oh, I'm sure you know more than I do. And just, like, that's it. Blows it off. Yep. Yeah. Shady extremely shady. Oh, maybe dust just isn't that important. Who knows? Or, okay, all right. We'll, we we got to get to the scene. We have to get to the scene. We'll get there. Okay, we'll get let's there. Go, let's go. Uh, we go back to the Egyptians. Do uh, we? We do. We go back to the Egyptians. Uh, Mom Egyptian, right? Ma Costa. Okay. And Tony. Uh, Tony wants to go out and help look for Roger and she, or sorry, help look for Billy. Billy, yeah. And she yells and she says, no. You know, the answer is no. Like, she's told him a million times. Yeah. You know, you're not going out there. Um, and then the, the scouting party or the party that's supposed to bring the children back comes back and, you know, basically comes back empty handed says we didn't, you know, we didn't find them, but we know they were there. We didn't find them. And Not she, once again, yeah, <laughs> she once again is convinced. She's like, you guys were all wrong. I told you from the beginning, he's probably at home looking for us. He just got lost. And then they present her with his sweater. Deep denial she was in beforehand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I understand you're, you're getting there. I understand <laughs> she's... <laughs> Can you let me go in order? No, I'm talking about you and your emotional reaction. It was a sad scene. Okay, uh, it was a sad scene because she's presented with the sweater of her child and she loses the last bit of hope that she had that he was just lost because she knows that he was here now. You took that out of it. I took, she finally got broken of the denial that she was in. Like you said, hope that she wasn't. That, 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 there's same a different. Thing. Oh no, 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 no! Denial and hope are the same thing. No, it's the same. No, concept. no, it is not. Yes, it is. No, it's a hundred percent not. Because you her can denial have, gave her hope. No, 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 no. Because no. denial hope made her denial is the lack of of any type of evidence that something is happening. Hope is having a little bit of evidence. 
that something has happened. So if she had something that like gave her the the you know inclination that her son is still in Oxford, then she has hope that he's still there. She had none of that, so she was in straight up denial. Hope That's, and denial are the same. No, thing. they're not. <laughs> Hope and denial are the same thing, people. No, it's not. It is 100% not. So she's presented with the sweater. She breaks down. Um, John Faw follows her and, and tells her, he's like, we're going to find your son. He gets real, real, they get real close. Real close. I think those, those two are uh, a thing. And, and uh, Bri- what's his name? Billy? That's his, that's his son. That, mm-hmm. That's his son. That's going to be a twist in there. You're going to be like, oh, John Fuzz, the the father. That's why he's uh, uprooted the whole clan after Billy gets taken. Like, all these other kids were taken, right? 26 of them mofos were taken. He didn't uproot everybody to go after them. Billy gets taken. Hmm. Let's, let's, let's The 26th get... kid is the last straw. No, come on. 25? <laughs> 25. I'd be pissed. I'd be like, really? 26 Billy is the one that everybody came to look? Number 25, Aaron? Okay, cool. I see how we're going. Turn into a tiger and kill all these people. That's right now. Right now. So while they're having they're having their moment and and Ma Costa is is collecting herself, Tony is talking with the older kid outside who is working on a plan. His guide or his his what what was, I can't remember the name is. I don't remember what the term is because it's not from the book. Okay, so it was the guy when we talked about in episode one. If you've listened, who that, agreed to take him under his wing? Yeah, he took him under his wing, shows him the ways of the uh, the Egyptians, um, but he's talking spicy. He's like, hey. I got an idea to get these kids back. Are you with me? Who will stand against me? He should have said that. <laughs> then he would have been like, all right, I got to go. I, I can't, I cannot not, you know, I got to go. Um, and I like that because like I said from the last episode, I want to know what decisions Billy's brother is going to have to make to get his brother back. Like that mm-hmm. is going to maybe go against the ways of the Egyptians. Okay. You got to do what you got to do. To get the person you love back. And that's, 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 I wanted to, I like that. When I saw that, I was like, cool, let's, let's go. Now we get to the, the, do what you need to do. Cut people's heads off if you got to. Like, let's go. Jesus. She's drinking. I mean, Lyra's drinking at a young age. We're getting rough here. If you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. Underage drinking, decapitation, same thing. You gotta do what you gotta do. So we, we go from the Egyptians to the Magisterium. Yes. So, we we see Father McPhail. Do you have notes? Is that what you're pulling up over here? No, no, no go, go, go. I, so, I, we, yeah, we yes. see Father McPhail, you know, looking very, very pensive, and, and somebody comes up behind him, and he says, I've asked not to be disturbed, and it turns out to be the Cardinal, which is clearly somebody important, because he gets all like, oh, I'm sorry. So, I guess I'm more curious what you got out of this conversation. What did you think was happening? It was interesting between, um, what's the guy's name, the black guy? Uh, Boreal. Not a Boreal. No, I'm sorry, because it wasn't Boreal. It no. was uh, the guy Boreal was talking to from the first episode. Yeah, Father McPhail. So Father McPhail and uh, the Cardinal Varys, basically from freaking <laughs> what you call it, the Game of Thrones. Um, I didn't really feel like uh, the Cardinal was like somebody in power. He kind of just seemed like the the guy that speaks for the guy that's in power. You know what okay. I'm saying? Um, he kind of isn't that everybody in the church. Everybody in the church is a guy that speaks for the guy in power. Ha, ha, ha. Yes. That's, yes. But I meant, like, the guy on earth in power. <laughs> so, he, you know, he's, like, all hunched over, 
And I instantly thought of the guy from Game of Thrones, the old uh, dude that was always in the... The maester? Yeah, the yeah. maester. The grand maester Pycelle? Because I don't know... I can't remember if they ever showed it actually in the show where he stands up straight yeah. and he's... And that's never he's, explained. Yeah, ex- yeah, he's faking it, basically. Yeah. Because um, he's not as weak as he has people to believe. And that's mm-hmm. what I got from this guy. He looked like, okay, you can... Perceive me in one way, but I'm more powerful than you are. And he had people bowing to him, or he had the dude bowing in yeah. front of him and everything like that. So I'm like, all right, Cardinal dude's got a little pull. But he still could be killed instantly. He's got a bug for a freaking uh, demon. I'll throw a, fly away. I'll throw a book at it, and if it smashes it, it'll. he's dead. Like, that was that's terrible. And I kept... Thinking in my head anytime because they actually did show a lot more demons in this one they did. than any other. It's only one episode. <laughs> <laughs> than any other, any other yes. episode but that we've seen so far. I was like, it would suck big time to have your demon be like this small, frail creature. And then we'll find out later that, yes, it does suck. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, so I guess I'm more curious. What did you get from the actual conversation? Um... Okay, so yeah, we were, we were talking about that, and you said it was kind of um, no, not that conversation. It was something. So they start talking about something called the General Oblation Board. Yeah, they talked about the General Oblation Board. It was just words to me though, because they never explained really what it is. He just said, "Tell them to you know get things under control or something like that, or they'll lose everything." But it didn't mean anything to me yet. But they're talking about all the kids. Yeah, but it still it it means nothing right now. Okay, fair enough. Because I don't know what they, they I don't know why they're stealing the kids, you know. So I don't know what they're set to gain. Right. Okay. So I don't know what they're set to lose then. If they, fair if they, enough. Yeah. So there fair you go. Enough. Um. So we go from there back to the house. The noises are happening again. Pan wakes up Lyra again, and this time she actually does go to investigate. Yeah. We get an interesting little scene. So she goes through the the, the vents. Um, no, she goes outside. Oh no, 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 yeah, that's right. She goes outside because this is where she finds the she she finds the monkey, Mrs. Coulter's demon. Yeah, she opens the, the door study. and the the she opens the door to the study and uh, the uh, monkey demon is there. They don't really show what he's doing. He just turns around, and yeah. looks at her, uh, and then you hear Mrs. Coulter uh, half a mile away down the hall. And my first thought was literally like I could have swore they couldn't be within you know our uh, longer than a certain uh, distance away, or they'll start to actually hurt, like mm-hmm. physically have pain. And Lyra brings that up, like instantly, like how is your demon in this room and you were down the hall? She says it's not natural. It's not natural. Yeah, which is that? Am I supposed to read deeper into that natural? No, no it's thing? just just to to show like that it's so weird that it's not just weird; it's unnatural. Yeah. Like it would be like if you saw like a fucking ghost or something. You're like that's not natural. Or like if I saw your, um, like your eyeball in the kitchen, but you're that, back over that there. That would be very unnatural. Yes, because right? you don't go anywhere without your eyeball. Right? Correct. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. What the hell is wrong with you? Well, because. I got to think about it's it. because we watched that Surgeon Simulator video earlier? Maybe. <laughs> but I'm trying to think about it as if, like, that's, like, like you said before. Like a piece That's of you. their life. Yeah. This is how they're raised. Like, small side thing. I think dogs are always uncomfortable when they lay down. But I have to remember, that's how they're built. Because, like, if you lay down like a dog, you'll probably be uncomfortable that way, right? What are you talking about? Like I mean, I understand, but yeah. I, where, I'm curious of where this is going. So, 
with them, with uh, the characters in the story, that's just how they are. Yeah. They are one and the same with their demon. Yes. I can't think that way because I'm, I'm not like... Right, we don't have a concept. Exactly. That's what I mean by... That's why I was using <laughs> dog laying down. Is it just because Millie's laying right here? Also that, and she's like right next to my butt again. But anyway... You are covered in dog fur. Yeah, I am. You're going to stop wearing black here. <laughs> I'm only going to wear the same thing <laughs> because it's the only thing I can get dirty. But anyway, um, Monkey is in two different spots. Okay. Because Mrs. Coulter was down the hall yes. and her monkey came from behind her. It did. But Lyra literally just like one second before saw the monkey in the study with the candlestick. Yes. It was Mr. Green. Thank you. I thank you. I didn't know if you were going to get it. I wasn't going to get I didn't know if you were going to get it. I didn't know if you were going to get it. I hate thank you. you. Thank you. So this is where you you first said the word fabricated. Yes. Are you excited to get into this? Can I can, can we talk about it now? It, please, so, by all means. I don't think Mrs. Coulter is a real person. I think she's been made by either the the magisterium, right? Yes. Or I thought it was serial. Magisterium. Okay, so I said it right. I think she's been made by the magisterium or some organization. It may not be the magisterium. Um but I think it explains why she doesn't feel pain whenever her um, demon feels pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it explains why she can be so far away from her quote unquote uh, demon. I don't even think that's like her actual demon. I think it's to keep up appearances. I think whatever she's made of, this. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a oh minute. God, here we I go. think I got another one. Oh God, but we okay. haven't got to that part yet, and, it, and it's about <laughs> Mrs. Coulter. So, you want to wait until we get there? Okay, let's wait till we get All there. Right. Okay, let's go, 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 go. So after uh, Aaron decides that she's fabricated, we go back to Jordan College where Boreal shows up after hours, looking spectacularly dressed. By the way, you are obsessed with this man. The way that he's dressed should be the bare minimum for how gentlemen should dress. Are That's- you a gentleman? I'm trying to aspire to be one now after this episode. Sitting here in your champion sweatpants? Uh, yeah, I am. That's whatever. He's. <laughs> if you ever watch this episode, anybody that's listening, you know, just go. Just pause. Go watch the episode. Take notes on every outfit he has on in this episode. Every single one. I think he wears two outfits. He wears three. He wears, <laughs> he wears the first one that you see him when he sees the master. Mm-hmm. Then... He wears a second one when he's having the breakfast with... Mm-hmm. Uh, Later. Yeah, and then he wears a third one when he's at the dinner party. Or the little... Uh, Fair enough. There you go. All right. So he he comes back to Jordan College. He's been told that uh, he cannot see the skull, and he says, fuck you, I'm going to come back and see it in uh, off hours. I do what I want, yep. So he goes down into the crypts, and he goes to see the skull, and he takes his little snake out. Yes. That sounded bad. He takes his... <laughs> um, that's, that's my bad. I'm clipping that part out. <laughs> uh, yes, he takes Nagini out, and it slithers around. Um, which might I might say it slithers in I don't the skull. You're just weird with this, aren't you? Uh, I don't understand why, though. So, yeah, this wasn't this was an odd part. So, so basically, he goes down to the crypt. The snake, like, comes out of the eye of the skull, which is an interesting thing to put in there because... Earlier, I think we talked, I don't remember if we talked about this in the episode, in the the podcast, or if it was just a conversation you and I had, 
earlier in the book, Lyra has a dream. No, we just talked about it outside the podcast. Okay, so earlier in, um, like early on when Lyra and, and Roger are playing at Jordan College, they go down into the crypt and all of the skulls have these coins on their eyes and she takes one. And Roger's like, no, no, put it back, put it back. You know, you're not supposed to do that. And, you know, it's kind of a way to illustrate, like, she's a rule breaker. Like, yeah, she, none of that was in the the episode. No, it wasn't. Yeah. So she she takes the coin off the skull, and she has it under her bed. And that night, she has, a, she has a dream. And she sees the skull, and she sees a snake come out of the eye. And it scares her, so she goes down, and she puts it back. Yeah. So they kind of took that scene and put it in here, kind of, because you see that same imagery of the, the snake coming out of the skull. And he touches the skull, and he says... Basically, Lord Azrael lied. It's not him. Yeah. He says, Azrael lied. This isn't him. There's a hole in the skull. There is There like, is a hole. Noticeable hole in the top of the skull. And so not the eye sockets or the nose or the mouth. It's, this is like somebody took a pickaxe to the top of this person's head. So my thought- But it's like a perfect circle. It is. So it's not a pickaxe. My, well, yeah, I know. But my thought- on this was the only reason why because all he does is touches the head yeah it's not like he and then the snake goes through the head yeah my thought is they killed that the, the original guy or they did something to the original Grooming? guy grooming yeah. right the, the person that, yeah i think they did something to him they saw the skull and it was like that doesn't add up to the evidence or this doesn't add up to what we did to him i know this is fake gotcha. that's how he knows not like a a mystic thing where he can just touch the skull and he's like, oh, I can see the the, the past of this thing or something. No. Okay. I think he knows what happened to Gruber and he's like, yeah, this doesn't add up. This isn't his skull because, you know, we shot him in the top of the head over here or something like that. Yeah. So I think that's what it, I think that's how he knew. Okay. Because there's no other explanation. So he touches it. He says, Azrael lied. It's not him. It's time to cross over. And yeah, this is where I started losing my shit. And she freaked out. And I'm like, for what? Like, this makes no so sense. He starts, he starts walking. Oh, my God. Okay. So Get let me yourself sure. together. Yeah, my notes go into all caps here. Um, so Boreal leaves, the, leaves Jordan College and walks into this sort of very dilapidated something or other, old garden or something. I was going to say, it just looks like a greenhouse. Uh, and, and there's this sort of, there's there's some sort of uh, light trick in the air, you see. There's a, how do you explain, kind of like a, there's a dimensional rift. Okay. And so he walks up to it, and he walks into it. With some pretty nice shoes, by the way. And like, he comes out the cool. other side in a place that looks very different than where he walked in. Yeah. So he goes through it, and they kind of have a uh, blurry fate, like a like a little blurry Loboka. filter on on top of the scenery that's around. And then it starts to get clearer and sharper, and you see that it looks like modern-day London. So the cars look like they're from 2000, you know, 19. There's a double-decker bus. There's a double-decker bus with lights in it is probably the better, because there were double-decker buses back then in, like, the 1930s, mm-hmm. which is how it looked in um, the other world that he just came from. Uh, so my it says first, Oxford on the side. It, yeah, it says Oxford. So Oxford. he's in the same, you know, city. So, but just a different, my initial thoughts is he's time-traveling. He's going to the future. Okay. That's what I thought uh, initially. 
Um, but he goes to see somebody while he's there. He does. After okay. he picks off the uh, the parking tickets. So well, that, we uh, we haven't we haven't quite got there yet. I don't think he just kind of walks in and then they then they cut back. Do they? Oh, yeah. okay. So <laughs> to get into why I flip you? the fuck out. This all because I mean it's not a spoiler to say that this just doesn't happen here. Oh, it hasn't. It doesn't happen yet. Yes, this doesn't happen. This doesn't happen in this book. But it doesn't ruin anything. It doesn't ruin anything right now, in the moment for you as the viewer. It doesn't ruin anything. Yeah, it's not a spoiler. But what it does is it changes. So if you're if you're thinking, okay, this they're taking something from book two. They're taking a massive thing from book two and they're putting it in the second episode of this show. So what are they going to do when they get to book two? It makes How me, are we going to do this? So none of this stuff. So you learn nothing about a different dimension in book one. I won't say that. I'll say that you don't see this happen. Like this this specific place, like this instance, this dimensional rift, as you call it, that he walks through, uh-huh. exists in this series. Not in this book. They're taking plot and and setting and, and instances from the second book and putting it in the second episode of the first. And it's just so weird and Tyler and Liz have both read the books and they were watching with us and like the three of us are freaking out and Aaron's just like what the fuck's going on well because it doesn't it, it's, <laughs> it's not spoiling anything yet so like I said it's, it's just not, the, it's not even that it's a spoiler it's just like why are we doing this like why I, I don't understand why why are you so you have you have a book and this is kind of the thing with every adaptation that I watch whether it's an adaptation of a book or of a play or of whatever it is that you're adapting of a video game if you're adapting into a movie you have your roadmap is here. This is your map. It goes from A to Z, and you can kind of move things around, and you have to condense things because it's a 400-page book, and you only have so much time, but you have a map. So why are you going? You're throwing this map away, and you're just picking up a different country, and you're going to plop it right here. I th- okay, so the only thing that I can think of, the only thing I can think of is the books are only told from her perspective. In a TV series, that just does not work with all the information that you need to see. Correct, but you don't need this information. But this specific information. That's the only thing. Okay, I understand. I understand where you're coming from. Because the thing that the 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 upsetting thing that it changes is it just it changes, and this this will come through actually pretty quickly, um, and and later in the episode, like it changes the way that you experience this and it changes the way that you're supposed to experience it because all of these things have repercussions. So like if you change one thing now, you changed it now, but you've also changed it 20 episodes from now when what, it's supposed to happen. What if and it's they different. give you 20 episodes from now, a, a different uh, repercussion. From I mean, they'll this have to. Today. Okay. So but will that, will that, hinder your experience or will you be like what if they did it well that's that's what it hinges on is it hinges on their ability to do it well because you're having to add things to a story that doesn't need anything added to it you have your roadmap it's in front of you it's 400 pages just fucking do it i wonder because you're very close to this this story you liked the book i did uh as a child you liked the book as an adult i do i'm trying to think of how an actual like just taking it as like I'm not a fan. I'm looking at this as just literature. How does the story make sense? And I don't know because I've never read the books. Um, how does it translate to TV? Like, because uh, I don't know. 
this I, I I don't know what age group this was written for. Like I feel like like Harry Potter that was written for a younger age. The first couple, the first uh, few first are yeah few books. So when you're going through them, I'm kind of I have to keep reminding myself. So I'm not sure about how this series was. Like helps the the first book was like written towards younger kids or because they kind of softball some certain things and plot lines when it comes to writing for a younger audience, so they can kind of get it. They don't. It's not spoon fed to you. Okay, that's yeah. I don't know. Yes, I don't know. So. So it, yeah, it, it and it's it's not nearly as spoon fed as the show is, which is interesting. But so it's just I don't understand why we're doing the things that we're doing. I guess like Jack Thorne wrote the episode. He's the showrunner. He's the executive producer. I, I want to know what it is in his mind. Like why is he taking things from book two and just throwing them in in the very beginning of this? What else has he worked on? I have no idea. That's what I was literally just trying to see real quick. But what he worked on. I yeah, I'm th- and he's he said a couple things and like I've I've read read a couple interviews where like I was kind of rubbed a little bit wrong about the way that he said things about the book, um, specifically on like the anti religion kind of stuff. Uh, where he's like, oh, you know, it's not anti-religion and, you know, we don't need to go back. I'm like, it literally is, but okay. Um, so I'm, I don't know. It's, it's a weird, it's just a really weird way to adapt this story. And I, I can understand the idea that like these things are happening at the same time. This is happening and it's like a similar sort of a thing and they're, but they're, it's, I don't, I don't, Do you you're just not like- supposed to know these things. And like, you're supposed to find out about certain things in a very certain way and changing the way that you find out about it changes the story. I okay, so <clears throat> when you say that he said it's not anti religion, do you feel like that's come through in the first two episodes so far? Like they haven't made it enough no, that it is? No, but it won't be it won't be super apparent. Like it'll be something that we'll have to decide like in a while. It, we okay. won't know right now okay. how they're gonna deal with it. It's gonna take a while to see how they deal with that. Because so far it doesn't I mean, it just seems like okay, there's they're shady. Yeah. But I mean. It'll take a while to see how they deal with humans that. Humans are shady. So it's um, not a. But yeah. So I guess I'm just, I don't know. It's, it changes the way that you tell the story and it changes the way that you experience the story. And we're going to keep going because there is a this, part this really, later this on. This really affected you. I can it see did. That. I and we'll get that. more into it in a minute. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he, he, so Lord Boreal is now somewhere else. Yes. So we cut back Earth to. Prime. Uh, Earth Earth Prime? Is that you're gonna call I, it? I'm calling it Earth Prime. So we cut back to Lyra, and uh, she's trying to figure out the alethiometer again. She's kind of sitting in a room and she's fiddling with it. And she's trying to figure it out. Really? That's what I have in my notes. Says Lyra's trying to figure out the alethiometer again. It's right before Father McPhail comes because he comes to see Mrs. Mrs. Coulter, and she's in her room and she's kind of tinkering with it. And then she hears somebody come in, and so she goes to investigate. Okay. So Father McPhail comes to see Mrs. Coulter, and dude with a beetle bug demon on his face Stupid. is with him. Real dumb. I, I, you were not feeling the bug demon. If he tripped and fell on the thing, he would kill himself. Really? Like, come on. That, that's, that's dumb to me. Like, I don't unless they just like know how this works. I would understand if it was like, okay, I know my soul demon or whatever is very fragile. He's always hiding. She's always hiding. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But then again, uh, one one broom to your knee, and you fall, and then squish it in your pocket, and then oh, John's dead now. <laughs> like it makes no sense to me. But whatever. Like they showed uh, on uh, the other guy. What's the the other guy that the um, that showed up? You said he just showed up. Father McPhail. Father McPhail 
he has like a, a lizard or something. Yeah, it's like a And they showed it crawling all on his back and stuff yeah. like that. One shove against the, him against the wall while that's on his back, Newt's dead. Ooh, exactly. Yeah, Ugh, I, don't like I, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like it. And I've just killed Father McPhee right there. <laughs> Boom. Done. But he goes and talks with So uh, he comes to see her. And they, they go yeah. back to the study to talk. And again, I want to know kind of what you got from this uh, exchange. Just more, more um, uh, confirming that she's shady. You know, she's talking Clearly. with uh, Father McPhee, and um, he's he's giving this, you know, kind of not a threat, I guess, kind of a warning, mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, what did he he told her because she said the cardinal should be telling me to speed up, like later on. Yeah. He didn't tell her to slow down, did he? He said. What was his exact? He words? said that if if she's on, her, if she continues to draw attention to herself, she's on her own. The magisterium will not protect her. Okay, so they're separate, but kind of working together for some reason. I, I still don't know why. We know that she's a part of the. Um, the general oblation. The gobblers. Board. I was going to say there that. You go. I was going to say gobblers. Uh, so she's still in kids. You know, we kind of get that right there. Like, okay, she's the one that, you know, he was, the, the Cardinal told them to go, <clears throat> the gobblers to, you know, they're going to lose everything if they don't, you know, get their act together. So while all that's going down, um, I was kind of, I mean, it just kind of just seemed like it was confirming my notions already. So right. it really wasn't anything new information given to me from that little exchange. Oh, I didn't gleam any new information from that little exchange. Is it exchange. gleam with an M? What is it? Glean. Is it glean? Yeah. I've been using gleam this whole time. Gleam is like a website where you run giveaways. And it like is like a thing, like a, a shimmer. Oh, well, I didn't glean <laughs> anything from that uh, that exchange. So they're, they're having their conversation, and Lyra has come up to the door to try to listen in and find out what's going on and why the magic is here. Terrible, terrible spy. Yeah, no, she just literally just stands outside the door. Yeah. And the other guy, Beetle, Beetle Demon Guy. He comes up with his, well, his bug gets in her face first. Yeah, it does. And why wouldn't you just swat it? Because it's a person's demon. How do I know? How do I know that's a demon versus the regular bugs that are in there? If a bug was in your face right now, would you not swat it away? But we don't live in a world with demons, so I don't know how I interact with nature differently. Oh, come on. Come on. When really? any animal could be a demon. I, you're swatting it. You're you think swatting. you think that as a society they don't treat nature and animals differently, knowing that all of their souls represent themselves as animals? I wouldn't know because I haven't seen regular animals around. <laughs> so there you go. Something to think about. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, so he comes up and, you know, basically confronts her. Are you supposed to be standing outside this door? And Mrs. Coulter opens the door. She's, he also is like, who are you anyway? Yeah. So that I, what I gleaned from that <laughs> is she's not somebody so special that a lot of people know her. She's not the boy who lived, you know? Correct. So she can blend in with any old kids is what I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, this dude, he's important. Uh, Father McPhee is important when they see her. That it's not it, nothing pops in their head like right. Oh, this is so and so. So I'm like, she's just whatever kid. Have they even said her name, her last yeah. name? Uh, no, not her last name. Oh, that's weird. Because they because whenever her last name's Balakwa, they've never said yeah. that. <laughs> name is Lyra Balakwa. So she says, Lyra, go back. You know, uh, you know the the adults are talking. So and, and then that's the second part. So he saw her, didn't know who she was. 
heard her name still mm-hmm. who cares who this little kid is and you kind of see you, this is one of the one of the times that you see mrs coulter's facade slip she's clearly yeah, angry she was upset she loses a little bit yeah she was yeah she she got upset that lyra was uh listening in on their conversation grown folks was talking is what we call it in uh in our culture uh and uh, i don't know lyra just kind of skedaddles back yeah, to just, her room just, Bounced back. And then Pan immediately reminds her, hey, by the way, remember the master of Jordan College told you to keep this lithiometer safe from her especially and from the magisterium. So you need to keep an eye on it. So let's keep it in the most inconspicuous place that we can think of. A purse. That you're going to wear all the time. That you're going to have on, that you never had before. That you're going to wear now with... uh, White. That's a very kid thing to do, though. Or, like, you find, like, especially, like, you find, like, a purse that you like or you find these shoes that you like. Like, that's a very little kid. Like, I had these cowboy boots that I loved when I was a kid. They didn't go with anything, but I wore them all the time because I loved them and I decided that's what I wanted to wear. That's a very kid thing to do. I literally thought she was going to go back to her room and hide it, like, behind her bed or something like that. She takes it out from behind her bed and puts it in the purse. I was like, okay, take it out from behind the bed, stuff it under the bed or something like that. Like, let's just keep it. Because I'm thinking she's not thinking keep it on her person at all times. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking they were just going to come into her room, search around, find this crap, and then, you know, we got ourselves a compass right here. So, but okay, she puts it in her purse, and then she goes back out after, well, no, the two guys, the two uh, people from the church leave, the magisterium leave. Yes. And, uh... Father McPhail has one of my favorite lines of the episode. As as they're leading, as she's leading them out of the, out of the apartment, and he says, uh, whispers become weapons in the wrong hands. So basically, means, means you nothing. need to make sure you're not drawing attention to yourself because there are already rumors. Okay. Okay. I like that line. That was a good line. I don't know if that was one that they took from the book or not, but I liked it. So she leads them out. She goes in the living room. Lyra goes in, and Lyra fully baits her into this confrontation they have. Lyra is like, "You're angry. I understand you lost control." And she says, "I don't, you know, I don't think I lost control." She's like, "No, you did. You're angry. You're still angry. I can see that you are. I can also see that you're trying to hide it." And like fully baits her into showing her anger, and oh boy, does she. She barks at her. She does. And kinda, then Mrs. Coulter bites. Kind of like a kind of like a uh an animal. I mean Mrs. Coulter. Oh, you mean Mrs. Coulter, but Mrs. Coulter did a whole lot more than bark. So she flinched at Mrs. Uh, Lyra there and Monkey Straight up attacked Pan, uh, and Pan does the worst job oh of trying God. to transform into the worst Aaron type of animals. Such a problem! It with was this. the dumbest thing. Okay, just so we can establish this, when you're under age of puberty, when you're under age, whenever age you know you get puberty, yeah, mm-hmm. your animal, your demon, your demon. transforms at will, right? Because we yes. I asked. At will to any animal it wants to. Yes. So while this monkey who can't transform because Mrs. Coulter is creeping on menopause <laughs> decides to attack little old Pan, Pan says, Let me turn to a cat. Again. That's what he's comfortable with. That's what he knows how to fight as. Cat can be kind of, you know, attacky and dangerous. Because the cat actually bites the monkey's arm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that. Mm-hmm. But all the while, okay, and then so because I have to set this up, this is part of my theory. <laughs> so when the monkey is attacking Pan, Lyra is physically harmed by this because you're attacking that yes. person's soul. And 
So Lyra can feel so the attack. So she can feel the attack. And she even says, she says, you're hurting us. You're hurting us. When Pan turns into a cat and bites the monkey, Mrs. Coulter doesn't flinch a damn second. How okay. does she not feel one bite mm. at all? Yeah, you know, because that woman's not real. That is a fake person, and they put like a fake monkey to make it be like, oh, that's her soul. Hey, let's put these two together. But my theory is kind of changing a little now, too. Because I don't know if you have this in your notes. Like, what's the next scene that uh, after this? Just real. Is it Mr. Is when they talk name? about Azriel? No. Okay. No. No. So when do they go back to the breakfast club? You know what I mean? In the other world. Oh, in the other world, that is. How far away is that? That's at the end of the scene, but this is a long scene. Oh, good lord. Okay. So then, so they're fighting, but again, she doesn't feel any pain whenever the cat. Like I, I just didn't understand. This scene made me feel like, why aren't kids more dominant? Your because you have to animals. keep in mind. So I think the one of the things that you're not thinking about too is that Lyra's still a child, and she's afraid because she's being attacked and viciously attacked by an adult. She's a little girl. She's 12 years old, and she's scared. Yeah, but and Pan, she's reacting. Pan's in her. Pan's in. Pan is also a Pan's little kid in the mindset of. Trying to either escape or attack back. Because that's the two things he did. He tried to attack back as a cat and he tried to escape as like a mongoose or something like that. But it didn't work either or. Mm -hmm. A rhino, an elephant, a giraffe, something bigger than a monkey. Again, like I said before, a baby blue whale to land on a monkey and then transform back. Like that's all you had to do. If I want to escape something, a fly. So they talk in the in the book about how he gets he transforms into smaller and smaller things. He keeps he keeps transforming over and over again, trying to get into smaller beings to get out of its grasp. And eventually, the monkey grabs a hold of him so tight he can't change anymore. Oh, see, that's not explained. That like, oh, they can be, you know, grabbed yeah, like the, and shocked. The monkey into gets not, like not such changing. a tight grip on him that Pan can't move. He can't change. He can't do like he's just stuck. You need room and that's to move. You, I mean, you need room to change. That's just how they talk about okay, it. Okay, because I was about to say. As soon as he grabs on and I can't move anymore, baby gorilla. And that's when you get to the point where he has Pan pinned on the ground and Pan isn't changing anymore. Baby gorilla. And then we're just, we're fighting now. <laughs> so they have this confrontation and Lyra is screaming at her, you know, stop, you're hurting us, you're hurting us. And Mrs. Coulter is fully like, you know what? I'm done with pretending to be a nice person. This is how we're going to do this. And she says, again, this was one of those things that's like verbatim from the book. And she basically says, you know, if you continue to behave in this vulgar way, I love the way she words it. She says, we will have a confrontation, which I will win. Because I'm not real. <laughs> and she 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 holds Lyra. Essentially, she holds Lyra to the ground. She holds Pan down. Yeah. And says, you know, when people come over, you will be quiet and pleasant and nice and delightful. And that is all anybody will see of you. Do you understand me? Da -da 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 -da. She has a whole thing. And then this is where it is no longer verbatim no, number two, from the book. Number two of Emma's... Freaking uh, out. Freaking out rampage mode, yes. Because in the book, I actually like how the scene goes. It's it's very much a power move for Mrs. Coulter because, you know, she says, do you understand me? How does it end off, Emma? Please tell me in the scene, in the book, how does it end off? How does it end off? Yeah, this, this scene. So she had her pinned down. You're going to be... A nice, fancy girl when people come around, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and Lyra says, you know, she says, do you understand me? And Lyra says, yes. And she mm -hmm. says, then kiss me. Okay. And she offers her cheek. And she's like, you're going to kiss me on the cheek right now. And because I am holding you here, you're not going to do anything about it. You're going to listen to what I have to say. And you're going to do what I tell you to do. 
and that's how it ends. Scene, right? Yes. How does it end in the TV show? Oh my God! So Lyra, for whatever reason, gets it in her head. She's like, you know, you can't treat me like this. My uncle, you know, Uncle Azriel won't let you. And Mrs. Coulter, very rightly, might I add, points out, what has that man ever done for you? And True, yes. Lyra says, he's done everything for me. And at this point, I'm like, why? Yeah, Where are I don't, you getting I don't know, that from? Yeah, I don't get that either, yeah. Where are you getting that from? That man has no time for you and makes it very clear. And then Mrs. Coulter loses her mind and says, he's a failure of a man and a failure of a father. And drops that fucking bombshell. Initially, I swear. I didn't think it was her dad. I was just like, okay, who's who's the kid? Really? Really? <laughs> like, who's the kid? Actually, you know who I thought? For a split second, just a split second, Miss Coulter was her kid. Was her kid. <laughs> Didn't you just say she was pushing menopause? Yeah. How old do you think James McAvoy is? I also think she's fake, right? That's right. Accelerated growth. Boom. You There's a whole bunch of worst. stuff we don't know in this in this stupid freaking show. So anything is possible right now. But yes, so uh, James McAvoy, uh, Lord Azrael, is, is Lyra's father. Lyra's biological father. I mean, yes. she could have just been like an adopted father. You, know, you never know. You never know. Uh, so but yes. she, Mrs. Coulter, drops the bombshell in episode two. But see, it's not. I understand you have a reaction because you read the book, so you know this is supposed to be a. a but like, if you had n- no emotion, like you didn't put any emotion in that scene, I would have just been like, "Oh crap, that's her, that's her dad." I wouldn't have thought deep. Now I'm thinking deeper into this. Now I'm thinking because it's more about. And Tyler said this to you as well. Like, it's not necessarily about the fact that. Oh my God! Now you know it's who said it. Yeah, because now, but and you guys kind of there's somebody else. I guess that was their kind of introduction to the world of our Lyra's life or something like that. For who gives her that? So in the timeline and like the greater timeline of things, if they stuck to the book, you would have found out relatively soon that Azrael is her father. Like they didn't speed it up all that much. What's important is where the information comes from, because again, this sort of deviation from the book changes the story and changes the way you experience it. But I, it's going to be a matter of time before we figure out if it's a good or bad thing the way they've changed it. Like, it could still just be a good thing. It's just weird. Like, why? why? Like, I don't understand the purpose of making this how it's revealed to the audience. I don't don't think there's ever going to be a, I'll just say, a live action um, one-for-one story from a book to a television. Like, it... Which is dumb. It's it's right. You have all the time. You have eight hours. Full Metal you have Alchemist. Four hundred pages in eight hours. Full Metal Alchemist. Don't bring this weeb shit into this podcast. Full all right? Metal Alchemist. This Brotherhood. Is my podcast. We are not talking about no shit anime. One. Is the only one. No, but it plays to your why this is why you're correct. They came out with a regular one, Full Metal Alchemist. People hated it because they deviated from the regular story, the source material. Then they were like, "Oh, sorry guys, we're coming out with Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood." And it was a one for one from the manga. And they were like, why didn't you do this first? It just animate what you saw. And they did no filler episodes. They didn't know. They just said, here is what you guys saw in the manga. But that's animation. Are you done with your weeb shit? Not live action. I don't know if they're ever going to do that with live action. Which is stupid because you you can. It, you're, I'm telling you, your script, your screenplay is right the fuck in front of you. Just do it. Just, just do that. I think... I th- I think you have to know the difference between novels and screenplays. I do understand the difference, like I, because it's it's a lot of especially 
there's there's narration in a story in a Correct. book that you just don't get. You have to have dialogue. You have to have all these things. And I understand that. But like it is, it's it's a it, they're making really really big deviations, which is why I said it there you know early in the episode like they're making some choices. Yes. In this adaptation, and I don't know why, and I don't know how it's going to go. And I have high hopes. It's not like I'm saying, like, this is a shit adaptation because of this, like, no, this I garbage understand. show. You're just shocked. It's You're shocking. You're shocked that, that it is shocking. they're doing these things. Um, and so, yeah, so we find out that Lord Asriel is is Lyra's father. No which, biggie to me so far. Yeah, and uh, she asks, you know, she asks who her mother is, and, and <laughs> fucking Mrs. Coulter's like, your dad is a slut, so yeah. it could be anybody. So it could be anybody. I could throw a rock out the window and probably hit her <laughs> on accident. Like, yes. She's like, could have been anybody. He always had another girl in his arm. Who the fuck knows? So So they're 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 definitely sometime gonna go back into Lord Azrael's life, right? Mm. Through this story. Mm. You know he Oh my god. Like a flashback mm. or something. Like I don't know. You're terrible. Um and you know, and then she she points out, you know, she's like, "You're it was it was his decision to take you to the college uh, during the Great Flood to protect you." Uh, it's and she, what is she? She says, "Ridiculous that he thought they could protect you. They couldn't protect a painting if it was drawn on the walls." That was an no interesting. That uh, was an interesting kind of thing to throw in there. Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't. Which get again, that. this conversation doesn't happen in the book, so I have no context okay, for what the fuck so, she's talking about. All right, then, cool. Um, We're both confused on it. Uh, they're they're both visibly upset. So Mrs. Coulter, like, she drops that bombshell, and then she realizes what she said, and she calms down immediately. She, like, her anger is gone, and Again, she's, she's just she's flipped. she shocked herself. Yeah, yeah, but like she didn't mean to say it, but it's out there, and now you know Lyra's upset. She's upset. She's she, you know, she. But why would she be upset? She's been manipulating this little girl since she's met her. I don't know. Why would she? Why would her? demeanor switch good good question unless she was you know so lyra goes fake. back into her room and asks to be left alone uh and she starts crying into the the compass the, yeah she she looks at the lithometer yeah. and she's she's kind of moving the dials and she's asking it questions you yeah. know is he my father why didn't he ever tell me where's roger she said who is she really who oh mrs coulter yes yeah. exactly who is she really aka is she a real person hmm and then she she throws it. She's frustrated. She tosses it. Yeah. And she looks away from it, and it moves. I, again, it didn't even move like to like a specific. It moved. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't move to like a specific thing to give you a you know any inclination of like oh okay I know what it is. You just tilted. So what? The time changed. Is that what happened? Little, That's terrible. Well, needle moved. Cool. What did it point to? I wonder. What it didn't it point mean? to anything that meant anything. There's a whole bunch of signs and know. symbols around it that mean nothing right now. Yeah, to you. So that's what you I'm saying. Know. Like, if it was, if there were only four symbols on there, right? Then I can have be like, okay, now I got to figure out what these four symbols mean. But there's like seventy around the stupid thing. So you can't figure out what seventy symbols mean. Not and with a two second clip, no. <laughs> I had a pause for one of the episode. I mean, one of the scenes in this episode to try to read something on the screen. Like, oh, you no. were into that. You were into that. Um, so yeah, the the alethiometer moves for the first yes, time. For we, the first we see, time, we see some movement there. Um, and now we get to the meeting that you wanted to talk about. Okay, so, so now we cut back to Boreal and Thomas. Yes, so Boreal and Thomas. Boreal's second uh, outfit for the day: uh, a dashing uh, purple, royal purple, actually uh, shirt. Nice dress shirt. Are you sure? It was like a really deep, deep purple. It's yes. 
watched this twice and I have no recollection. I have no idea how you missed that. That was amazing. Uh, But anyway, they're at uh, brunch, basically. Uh, And he's he's asking uh, the... I already forgot the name. Thomas. He's asking Thomas um, about... A person, so he pulls out his smartphone, which, aren't, which doesn't exist in the other world, apparently. Um, and he shows him a picture of a man with an osprey demon. Yeah, a what? Osprey. It's a bird. It's a bird. Like a hawk. Like a hawk. Okay, just call it a hawk, guys. But it's an osprey. Just call it a hawk. Um, so back to my theory, real quick. Okay. Now I think she's not from this world. She's from the other world. Wait, what, what do you mean by this and other? Because so, we're in one world. Are you okay. talking about the one that we're in? She's from Earth Prime. Miss Is Coulter. Earth Prime? The 2019 Earth. Okay. I think she's from Earth Prime. That's why her and her monkey don't have that attachment to each other. That's why she can choke the monkey and not feel pain. That's why she can... <laughs> choke the monkey. Yes. Yeah, so that's why her monkey can get bit and she's not feel pain. <laughs> I think that's why you can beat her monkey up and she would not feel anything from it because she's not connected because she's not from that world. That's why. And I think also that's why she saw uh, Lyra saw another monkey uh, in her her uh, study chamber and then another monkey by Miss Coulter further away. Does she keep them on hand? I think she has. It's like the. It's like the Wicked Witch. (laughs) In in uh uh freaking uh oh my god Wizard of Oz she has trained monkeys that's what it is because it's not hard do you to think train these, do you think these monkeys are gonna start flying no I don't think they're gonna fly but I think they are trained to stay near her and everything like that and attack on her command which that monkey only attacked when she flinched at Lyra she has trained monkeys that's what it is she has trained monkeys because she's not from this world. All right. What we did skip over, uh, important to your theory, is that in what you have dubbed Earth Prime, they don't have demons. They do not have demons. Because the guy is is, uh, curious. He's like, where's the snake? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Osiris or Soryu? What's his name? Boreal? Boreal, thank you. My God. I am not good with names, all right? And it's a lot of names to learn. the Boreal uh, Ski Resort. Uh, It's like not too far from Oh, I'm sorry. I don't. Have money to just go skiing? <laughs> what is Rob? I've never even heard of that place. Jeez, I really have not. But anyway, uh, so yes, in Earth Prime, they don't have uh, demons, so not everybody. Has, it's just us people. It's just a regular Earth. Okay, that's all it is. That's all. That's why I'm calling it Earth Prime. Okay. But um, the guy says he'll look out for uh, the hawk guy. Yeah, so Boreal asks, he wants him to find a man, uh, this guy with an osprey demon. He says he's been investigating multiple worlds for some time, and I believe he's here. And the dude was very interested in that. He was like, did he come through the same door you came through? You know, you know what's he doing over here? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, he was like, I don't pay you. What did he say? What did he, he said, I don't pay you to something. I don't remember. Oh, you, you have the notes. I didn't write down every line. Oh, my gosh, but that was important. He, then why did you write it down? Because you were writing notes. You were uh-huh. writing my stuff, too. So, uh-huh. oh, my gosh. He said something important. Just know that it's, it was probably something important about how he pays. Because that was the other thing I wanted to question is, what's the currency here? What are we What are we paying in? Because these are two different dimensions. I don't think they're the same. It's a valid question. Also, if it's not even the same, if it's not the same dimension, like, it, it's two different times, it looked like. Like, they're still using, like, airships. 
we don't use airships over here. We have airplanes. Like it's there's different. So it, unless gold is universal, <laughs> I guess. I mean that that works. So Ask silver, the Swiss. yeah, no silver because they were all that was very valuable to the Egyptians. They melted all their silver down. So I'm guessing it has to be gold or silver. That's that's how they're paying each other. All right. I'm tri- just I'm listening to you like okay. work through these theories and live I, in person. And I know for sure cuz like I swear it, she's not real somehow. She's from a either different dimension. Those are trained monkeys cuz there's too many signs pointing to she's not connected with that demon, which I doubt is even a demon. It's probably just a regular monkey from some place. They found it in the zoo and trained it to do this stuff. Like hey, stay next to this girl for forever. If it comes out that she is a demon, or that uh, that she is from that world, and that is actually her demon. Then there's a lot of questions of why these things didn't affect her. Okay. You know what I'm saying? My other theory is, which we'll get to it when we get to the the end part, is that she's actually the demon, and the monkey's the real person. Okay. All right. Let's keep going. Um, so we go back to Lyra and Mrs. Coulter and after these are real thoughts. I'm sorry. (laughs) These are actually real. I'm not like putting on a bit or anything. This is literally what I think Mm. of these two characters. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I just had to Uh, make, because I know everybody's like, oh, this guy's crazy. Whatever. Go ahead. Brian the Builder. I was right. (laughs) All right. I was right. Oh my God. So we go back, um, Mrs. Coulter and Lyra are having breakfast on the roof again, and she's given up all pretense yeah. of being a nice person. Like, she is not pretending to look for Roger. She, like, tells Lyra, she's like, you know, you're probably right. He was probably there the whole time. He just hasn't said anything. And Lyra is like, oh, well, I would have heard. She straight up tells a 12-year-old girl, yeah, well, everybody that you love has forgotten about you. Yeah. So. Like, Jesus. So forget about everybody that you love, basically, too. Yeah. So she's like, basically, you know, I'm not going to look for him. He's probably still there, and he's not talking to you because he's not your friend anymore. And uh, that's that's that. And so she, after breakfast, uh, leaves. Lyra stabs angrily at her plate, misses her plate. the food. Yeah, well, the food looked terrible anyway. So, <laughs> so um, Mrs. Coulter goes out. She gets in the elevator, and she leaves. And uh, Lyra cannot leave. She can't get in the elevator, elevator without the key. Locked. Yeah, it's yeah locked, the elevator yeah. is locked. And... Uh, but, you know, in that time, while she's gone, she and Pan decide they're going to do a little bit of exploring. Uh, yeah. They get into the, uh, this is where they get into the vents, right? Yes. Okay. Pan so convinces her to look around. Yeah. She gets into the vents. The vents are, uh, oddly enough, suitable for climbing. Very. Very conveniently so, yes. like, handholds. Yeah. For her to climb easily up while Which Pan I think every single one of us was looking like, what, what the fuck is this? But then it made me realize if the monkey's going through there, he's going to need a way to get up there. That, you know? that, was, a, that, was, that was a good, it, was a good mean, call. The trained monkey. So she gets into the study and starts looking around. And then we take a quick detour over to Mrs. Coulter and where she's gone yeah. to see all of the kidnapped children, including Billy and Roger. Correct. Which I don't think she knew was Roger. Because she has all the kids write letters. She's like, we're going on an adventure. We're going Mm -hmm. on a trip. So the first thing to know is they're all relatively happy to see her. Yeah, nobody looked like they were in distress. Right. Or like, you know, and it's too early for Stockholm Syndrome to set in. And she, you know, she's kind of clapping to get their attention. They all gather around her and they're happy to see her. And she's like, you know, very happy. Like, oh, we're going to go on a voyage together. Yeah. And what's interesting is Roger, who has previously seen this woman at least, um... 
doesn't act out of like uh, like he's not worried. Like you were snatched, bro. Like you, it wasn't like they invited you to this location. You were full blown snatched. Yeah, you, you know what's going on. Yeah, this was weird. And you know about gobblers because you were trying to convince Lyra about gobblers. Yeah, this was but weird. you're cool whenever Mrs. Coulter claps her hands and you just shimmy over there to write on some paper. Calm down, bro. It's time to turn your animals, all of you collectively, into some type of monsters and eat everybody in the room to escape. Like, it makes no sense. She has them right... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm So, <laughs> she tells them very excitedly about this voyage they're all going to go on together. And I believe it's Billy who speaks up and says something about, like, his mother. And, like, you know, my mom will be worried. And she goes, I know, like, your parents are all going to be very worried, which is why we're all going to sit down right now and we're all going to write... I'm going to help you write letters to them. And she sits down with each child and writes a letter to their family. Um... Basically, you know, telling them, you know, I'm safe. This is where we are. This is where we're going. Uh, this is who we're with. Raj you know. says, I ain't got no family. Yeah, Raj says, I don't have anybody to write to, so I'm going to write to my friend. Yeah. And he starts talking, and he's, he's, he's reading his letter out loud, as, as a child does when they write, uh, for, for expositional purposes. I was going to say thank you for um, expositional purposes. And so he starts writing his letter to Lyra, and he mentions in the letter, he's like, you're never going to believe who's taking us. Yes. But he doesn't say. Because, I mean, it's, you, you know who it is. Yeah, I know who it is, but if he's reading the letter all the way out loud. Oh, well, because it cuts to the next scene. Did it? Yeah, because it cuts back to Lyra in the study. Oh, yeah, because she's going, that's right, it's going back and forth. Because then she has the blueprints in her hand. Oh, no, first she sees the letters about a location. About the General Oblation Board. Yeah, She the, sees all these letters from something called the General Oblation Board. Yes, but it's uh, it's about building a... Something. Something, building something in the north, right? Yes. Okay. So she sees all those letters. She's flipping through stuff. It's going back and forth between uh, that scene and um, the, the the kids that have been snatched, um, which I didn't count in 26. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't count that many. If that's how many, you know, bare minimum have been stolen from the Egyptians, there wasn't that many in, the, in that room. Um, they're experimenting on them somewhere. I don't know. So... I paused during the one during the the cut back and forth because she takes out these blueprints that looks like it's for some type of machine and it looks like a cage but it looks like it also has like electronics you know like some type of electronic device uh that powers the cage where it has your demon in one side and you in another side and it's it's full blown cage because they're both like sitting down mm-hmm. also. I don't know what this device is for, okay? Okay. Let's get that right off the, the jump. But it looked like it was built for smaller demons. Whoa. Elephant demons, we're not gonna we're not gonna address those. They can't they can't fit in this. So how do we what do we do that? I, how do I, we, I, got, I got nothing. Because it looks like it's gonna be something. I don't even know what this thing is. I don't know what it is either. The only thing I can think of is maybe it's something that switches the bodies of the demon and the human, like it could have done to Mrs. Coulter. Okay. Another another theory thrown out there, right okay. there, and you know I don't know why they would want to do that. Maybe because if you're switched, then you're not affected by dust anymore. You being the person, or you being the demon? you being the demon now. Now that you're an animal. Now that you're an animal, you're not affected by dust. So whatever dust was hindering before, you're not you're un, unaffected by it. Okay. So maybe that's maybe that's one thing. If that's what that machine does, I have no idea if that's what that machine does. I don't, I don't know. It was hard to read any of the writing on there, um, but whatever. 
Uh, yeah, so she pulls out the blueprints for that. She pulls out the map of something called the station. Um, yeah. And, yeah, she's kind of talking about, you know, this is. Because that's where they're going, right? What? I could have swore they said they're going to the station up north. They said they're going somewhere. She just said they're going on an adventure. I thought they said they were going to the station. You sure? I don't know. You wrote terrible um so lyra finds all of this we cut back to mrs coulter leaving the children saying goodbye yep. and then as she leaves she throws all the letters in a fire looks like they weren't going to burn and she looked worried for like a split second and then when they started she got this weird smile on her face and it was like it's fired and it paper. was like focused on the letter to lyra because you could see it said dear lyra well she put emphasis on oh because roger's writing and he was like love roger or he says you know your friend yeah. roger or whatever and she's like Ah, Roger. Like, I now know who Roger is because she didn't know before. Mm. So there you go. Again, don't know why Roger was stolen. If they were taking Egyptian kids, like, uh, Roger doesn't seem like he'd be the person to get stolen, but whatever. I don't. Maybe they'll explain it a little later or something like that. So while Lyra is looking over the blueprints, uh, we hear the elevator start back up again. Yep. And uh, it's uh, Mrs. Coulter's coming back. Come back. They got to get the fuck out. Got to abort. Abort mission. They got to get out of here. So she shoves everything back in back in place and climbs to the vents, back to her room, and just in time to sit down and read and breathe incredibly heavy. Hey, she was speed reading. That's what she was doing. Yeah, she was speed reading. She like they like make it like this whole big thing where she makes it back and it's like okay, oh man, she made it. She's safe, but she is panting over this book yeah yeah she is and she's sweating and nobody and uh, miss coulter and the monkey they both don't they notice. don't call her on it not at all but i like she's sweating yeah like oh wow were you turning the page really fast is that what you're doing okay, and cool. the weird thing the thing that i don't like uh not even that like oh it's different than the, but just like the scene makes me uncomfortable is the the monkey reaches out and pets pan oh you didn't like that i was like oh not even like it's bad it's just like oh squeaks me out it's why is he? I don't like. Like I don't like that you're touching him, and I sure as fuck don't like that you're petting him. Is it? Is this outside? Is this a meta thing, or is it because no, it's I just, her soul? It's it's just a weird interaction, especially given the last interaction was the monkey torturing it. Well, yeah. And now he's just like, oh, there, there, gonna pat your little head. Yeah, it's and there's weird. no there's no real emotion in the face of the monkey besides just normal and then yeah, mean. it was like, super it. weird. Um, yeah, so the monkey little pets it. Yeah, and, those trained uh, monkeys, man. Those trained monkeys. Or, because you were like, he pet the, he pets Pan's head. Uh, maybe, you know, like, oh, he just choked him the last scene, right? Maybe that monkey wasn't the monkey that choked him. Maybe it was one of the other trained monkeys that, uh, that hmm. choked him. Think about that. Uh-huh. Because there's multiple monkeys, like I said before. I don't know. So, of course, he's going to pet Pan's head. Because he's not the same damn monkey as he was before. It's a different monkey. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. And I'm right. So that night, <laughs> now that Lyra understands uh, what's been going on, at least as far as the noises she's hearing at night, she's realized that it's the monkey going through the vents. And Correct. so that night, she covers up the vents very uh, very pillows. well. She puts a pillow vaguely in front of one of the vents. I had a question about that, too. I was like, is she trying to cover... Like for sound or for the monkey to get in? Because a monkey's going to push through a pillow. Like anything, a moth is going to push through a pillow. I kind of assume that it was for sight 
and sound more than anything. Like it couldn't yeah, listen, but for okay. sight, because she, like she also covers the table with a blanket so that yes. you, the light from the flashlight doesn't get out. Okay, that's that's more believable. It's not for somebody trying to enter the room. Okay. And so she, uh, so she she holds up under the under the table and pulls out the flashlight and tries to read the alethiometer again. She messes with the dials and she asks it some questions and she talks to Pan and she still has no idea what she's doing. All she knows is the master of Jordan College told her it tells you the truth and that he she was supposed to keep it safe. Yeah, it doesn't re- respond to her at all. Doesn't do anything. So we cut back to Boreal just long enough to watch him uh, cross back through whatever dimensional rift he passed through. Back in uh, outfit number one. Back in outfit number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Uh, wait, why did he change <laughs> back into the same clothes? I don't because he's going back to his regular place. He was wearing like... 2019 clothes when he was at breakfast. Yeah, but his his regular outfit would fit in. Like he would just look like that's, he's that's, dressed a fancy. That's man and that's a men in black trick. Like you that that look that he's wearing with the suit and everything fits in any time zone. Like from 1900. So then why did he to, have to change? Because what he was wearing at breakfast looks like it was something from 2019. It looked like future clothes. That's what I was saying. Mm. So he had to change back when he's going back home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The man is dressed bad. The man right. is just dressed. Real bad. So we literally cut to him for about 30 <laughs> seconds to watch that happen and then back to Lyra. That was weird. There I was, was no like, purpose. There was no, other than the fact that they just wanted to cut from it being night and her reading the alethiometer to the next day at the cocktail party. They, no, they still, they, that was a poor directorial choice. If they had shown him, like, leave after that breakfast, like, get up and leave, then I would have been like, okay, cool, he's going back. And I didn't need an, a scene explaining, me, right. explaining to me that he's going back. They just wanted to show the fucking that dimensional that rift again no, to trigger wanted, me. They wanted to show that suit that was probably expensive. That's what they wanted to show. That was an expensive suit. Triggered by seeing that dimensional <laughs> rift in this it upset me. I didn't need it again. Uh, so it is time for the cocktail party that that uh, Mrs. Coulter has been gearing up for and Lyra is very pleasantly and very delightfully serving drinks. Uh, odd for me. Like, Why are they having the kid Serve drinks because she's the assistant. Assistants don't serve drinks like like to a party. Twelve year old assistant. You're do. a you're a uh, butler by that point. Then, geez. Well, she's just doing whatever she's told to do. Very and true. Mrs. Coulter told her to give out drinks, and so she's going to give out drinks. Very, very true. I understand. And that. so she runs into uh, a young woman who pulls her aside to have a quick conversation, and who turns out to be a journalist. He yeah, she notices notices her in the party. And I think, I guess, her initial attraction to Lyra is that she's the only kid there. Yes. And she kind of knows what all this is. It's like, it's odd to see a kid here. Yeah. Well, yeah, and she, like, straight out says it. She's like, well, I guess it's a really good uh, safety strategy then. You know, if you're trying to avoid the gobbler... Gobblers? If you're trying to avoid the gobblers, just go live with one. And this is kind of Lyra's first inclination that Mrs. Coulter has anything to do with the gobblers Correct. and in a very quick like few minute conversation we learn a lot yeah yeah she the the uh the lady that she meets at the party kind of spills the beans on uh, a couple of things you know like, you didn't you didn't get it this the what was it global the general <laughs> oblation board <laughs> g-o-b yeah the gobblers. gobblers yeah which that nobody would have put that together it spells gob okay that's it just gob well and then yeah and then the kids call gobblers and uh, the adults do too. Remember the the I was gonna say the Haitians called <laughs> the, the, the Egyptians 
Racist. <laughs> the racism. The Egyptians called them gobblers, too. The, all the adults were calling them gobblers. So it's not just a little kid phrase. Everybody, that's their name. So whoever came up with that, jeez, good Lord. So she tells Lyra that the General Oblation Board are the gobblers. They are one and the same. Yep. And that not only that, but Mrs. Coulter runs the General Oblation Board. She it's her is. project. She yeah, is she the General is Oblation the general, Board. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you've been sleeping with the enemy this whole time. That, yeah, that, and so Lyra uh, kind of figured, like, she has to put together. She's like, okay, well, I asked her to look for Roger. Her project, her people are the ones that took him. Yep. And so, of course, she's not going to look for him. You skip past uh, the the elevator scene where... Oh, my God. You have an obsession. Third suit comes into (laughs) So, Aaron made me rewind this scene the second time we watched it because the elevator opens and Boreal is standing there. In the pimpish, the most coldest stance you've ever seen. Like, if you guys ever... You need to watch that part right now, so I would pause it and go watch it. But that is how you exit and he enter. He rewind it's, the scene. It's so cold. He has he's a, leaned up against it. He's got his pocket watch pocket out. Pocket watch? I, like, you got to buy a pocket watch now. <laughs> like, you have to. And it, it's it's just, I don't I know. I will say, it, it, the amount that you love Boreal and his characterization in this is funny to me because in the book, he is not this cool. Which is weird. Then, like, he's why would they like, make this switch? He's not, like, an idiot, well, but he, he's also not this cool. He's much more of a background character. But you say, like... There's a scene in the book where he gives up more information, like he Lyra does. tricks so, him. So yeah, at the at the cocktail party, he and Lyra have a pretty important um, they have a pretty important conversation together, and she she kind of tricks him into telling her some things that she didn't know because she she implies that she knows more than she does, and she has this way of using what little information she does have to make it look like she knows more than she does, and so he shares things. And he makes some comment. He's like, oh, so Mrs. Coulter must have decided that, you know, to involve you in her work then. She goes, yeah. And she kind of uses the couple things that she knows and he reveals more. And it, you know, so in the book, he's he's a bit more of like a hapless idiot. But at the same Not time, like he is so smooth yeah. and suave and cool yeah. in this. Yeah, like he's 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 the villain for me in this. It's really weird. Yeah. It's really weird because he's by far like the coolest character in here besides maybe like Asriel. Sorry. But you gotta give it to him. It's weird. Um, you gotta give it to the B-man. But yeah, so the this journalist and Lyra have a conversation um, and Lyra, you know, she tries to talk to her. She, she's like trying to get more out of her and Lyra's, yeah. Lyra's freaked. So she leaves uh, Mrs. Coulter Caesar and she's like, I just need a minute. You know, I just need some air or something or did whatever. You, did you get from the, the journalist um, that she was trying to get more information to like write about like a piece of paper or something, anything when Lyra was walking away? That's what she was yelling to her. Oh, was she? Yeah. Oh, she, I didn't hear yeah, that. Yeah, she was like, you know, any scrap of paper, any information, you know. Gotcha. And then she just walked away from her, like ignoring her. While she was like, do you have any information for me? Exactly. Yeah. Like, like I, I can expose whatever this is. And and Lyra just she walks away. I, yeah, she needs Lyra a minute. Just bounces, yeah. And uh, so Mrs. Coulter sees her, and Mrs. Coulter uh, pulls aside the woman and is basically, you know, what did you say to her at this party that you weren't invited to? And she is uh, very nicely escorted out of the building by uh, our favorite Lord Boreal. Boreal uh, turns it up a notch. That's a word this. for it. I mean, so I will say in the book, Mrs. Coulter. Kind of turns on the uh, the scary the scary side that she has and intimidates this woman into getting the fuck out. Yeah, and the woman and it's kind of explained like so she has her demon as a butterfly 
and it's explained like she's holding her butterfly on her shoulder because her butter her her demon is so scared that it's almost fainted. It's mm. like swooning on her shoulder, and she like can barely walk out. She's so scared of this woman, and she like kind of stumbles out of the house, and that's it. Really, this was not that in the show. <laughs> yeah, this was not that. Oriole leads her outside into a car. Yes, and fucking murders her. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> for for lack of a better term. He straight up murders her. He, he said it's a beautiful creature. Her demon, yeah. Her demon, as he holds it in his palm. And then uh, he crushes it. And then he crushes it. it, which all of a sudden I was just like, yeah, anybody with a small demon like that <laughs> could die instantly. He could have sneezed. And like especially a butterfly, like it's very fragile. Very fragile. Like if I if the butterfly, I would have long hair, and it would be on the back of my neck at all times with my hair down. You would never see it. You would never see my. God forbid demon. somebody like walks up to you and tries to clap you on the back of the neck. How you doing, nope. man? Don't touch me. I'll be wearing like a giant <laughs> one of those submarine helmets to where it's you just, just keep stuck it in, in like there. a little little box. Yeah, I mean, because you're, if you're a demon, it's very important because it, your life or death. Like it's life or death. So do you think, I'm thinking with a capitalist mindset right now, do you think there's a, a company maybe that sells these sort of indestructible almost oh, yeah. boxes? Yeah. With little, and they're, they're like little, they're almost like accessories, like purses. Like keychains or something for your little small, <laughs> your little yes, demon. that holds, yeah. So you have a little Tamagotchi on you at all times. Yeah. What if you got in a car accident? You're just They're done. all deadly because yeah. humans can survive an accident way more than an animal That's can. That's what I'm We're getting saying, so off topic. But it's it's important. So after Boreal murders her, or while he's murdering this woman, Lyra has escaped. She's gone out the window very dramatically. She's running through the rooftops. As she just gets in the elevator in the boat. Pan, yeah, well, Pan's- Just gets in the elevator. He's transforming. They got to use that budget a little bit more. They, he's transforming into birds. <laughs> that was that stressed me out because like he's he's in his ermine form, and he jumps off the side of the building. And I went, <gasps> And then I was like, oh, he just turns into a bird. <laughs> but, like, it it stressed me out. So oh <laughs> she, yeah, she she gets out the window. She runs across the rooftop. She gets down to the ground, and she runs. And at some point, um, Mrs. Coulter realizes what's happened, goes into the room to find her. And um, the monkey, you know, realizes she's run out. Yeah. And so Lyra makes it out, and she escapes. And she and Pan are kind of figuring out what they're going to do. She wants to look for Roger, but it's dark. It's late by the time that they've gotten far enough away to feel like they can talk. Um, and she, you know, just decides that they're going to hole up in some doorway that they found and sleep for the night. Yeah, like bones. until Until the morning when they can look in the light. Yeah. And then you hear a, a little little bit of a whistle. So you were putting emphasis the second time around on the whistling. Because you didn't say anything the first time when we were all Oh, uh, I was mostly just trying to get you to stop talking because I was trying to listen. Oh, you're terrible. I thought you were really just... No, I wasn't even talking. You were like, before that. There's no, because you were like, do you hear the whistle? Do you hear the whistle? Do you hear the whistle? I and I was just like, yeah, I'm listening. Like, what are you talking about? So I thought there was more to it. Now you've, no. you've lied to me. Well, I mean, because the only two times we've seen... Somebody taken, you've heard that whistle. Yeah, and I knew what was happening. Yeah. I saw the fox. I saw. That's really you know, all I was pointing yeah. out. Okay, well, yeah, it was the same setup as last time when uh, Billy, Billy got snatched. It, the fox uh, distracts the demon. Uh, the the master guy or whoever it is, uh, not the master, excuse me, just some random you know gobbler uh, sneaks. Not really sneaks, because like the way he dropped down, you should have heard him. <laughs> like, she was more focused on the fact that Pantalimon was not listening to her and was was very going. true. There's some like um, hypnotist type of situation going on with this fox, 
or the whistle or whatever it is because none of the demons respond to their uh, humans. Yeah. So she just gets snatched up and... That's the end of the show, isn't it? That is, that is she gets grabbed, and that yeah. is, and, and neither of us have watched the coming next on. We have because we that was a weird way to say that the coming next on. That's what it says next on uh, his dark materials. Oh, yeah, but the way you just said it, it just sounded weird. Anyway, all right, all right. Um, next time on, so we haven't watched the yeah. preview to say so. That is the end of the episode. That is what happened. Um, what do you think? I think it was a better episode, it explained uh, uh, a lot more. Um, but it also posed more questions, like always. Yeah. I mean, I understand. It's only episode two. Um, I like Lord Boreal. Um, You're obsessed with Lord Boreal. I need to see more of him in the next episode. I need to see more of his uh, devious deeds. Yeah, I don't know what they're uh, doing with him. I really don't know what to that's expect. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's I don't know. Thing. I think they needed it. I think they needed it. Like I said the last time, I needed a, I needed a big bad. I needed a big bad to show me. Boreal is like, an interesting choice. Well, because it, I feel like it's it's now you know the consequences. This is what you're going up against. Uh, Coulter, she was only willing to hurt. He's willing to full-on kill. So, hey, it's going to get real out there eventually. So, you see Boreal coming, you go the other way. You know, you see a sharply dressed man coming your way, you bounce. So See that snake. And yeah, like now it's kind of smooth. Like the Voldemort, that wasn't cool with a snake like that. No, he made it cool. So yeah, I, I liked his character a lot. He actually boosted up the level of um, sophistication in this mm, episode. Is that so? Uh, interesting, the dimensions thing, because they didn't say time travel. Uh, the other guy, what was his name? Uh, Thomas. Thomas, he said dimensions. He used the word dimensions. Um. So I know that there's dimension hopping um, going on. I can't fucking believe they put that in here. I just don't understand what's the benefit for it. Unless there was like some some exchange that came through. Like, okay, your dimension has this, you know. Well, and he made, Thomas made some comment about like, you know, our, our worlds are so similar and yet you only seem focused on what we can do for you and not what you can do for us. Yeah, Exactly. Like, I, I mean, have no fucking clue where they're going with this because I don't know why don't, they're putting this here. Like, okay, maybe our dimension, the dimension that has demons, they don't have electricity or something like that. They do, clearly, because there's cars everywhere yeah. and stuff like that. But, but they also, you know, and I mentioned that earlier, like, they don't call electricity in this series electricity. They call it... Um, Metachlorians? Phantom or... What do they call Phantom it? Phantom power? No, uh, but they basically, they have a different, so it's not called electricity. Yeah, but it's the same it's thing. It's implied that it's either the same as or very similar to electricity. Um, so that's not being exchanged from one dimension to another, so that's not the valuable thing. Like, is it gold? Do they not have gold over there? Is it valuable over here or something like that? Is it more abundant in our dimension than it is in their dimension? That's why they, you know, that's what the exchange and is for. Ambaric power. And so, yeah, they call it ambaric power. And I fucking there's a word for the lights that I'm forgetting, but basically, yeah. There's, oh, were you breaking over here? Not breaking, breaking stuff. So yeah, I I, I want to see what the actual deal is between those two, and, and it'll probably be later on in the season or something like that. We got six episodes left, I think, right? We do. So it'll probably be pushed back furthermore. Uh, who knows? According to how Emma's reacting to I everything, don't it'll probably know. be next episode. I'll this see is, everything next episode. This is what's 
weird now is like I don't know what to expect because they're taking bits of book two and putting them in book one and they're taking things that one character does and ascribing it to a different character even though they have both characters so I don't know why they've changed it the only and thing, they're the only thing that's weird now for for you because you're you know reacting this way and the only thing that I would think is weird is because you said it's already greenlit for three seasons they, yeah they've already greenlit all three seasons so why rush exactly exactly and so <laughs> I guess I just don't understand if they're doing like season one is book one and season two is book two. And so that's the as far as I understand it, as far as they've said, that's the plan. So why are you starting book two in episode? Like, what are you going to do when you get to book two now? I don't know. And like they've already they've already cast um, a, some some new characters for season two for book two. So like, are they going to show up this season? I don't. I'm very I'm very confused. Think I don't they're understand. Recording it already too or no? I have no idea. Okay. I don't fucking know. I don't know shit. Maybe they already made all three seasons. I don't understand. That'd be interesting. Who the fuck knows? And I don't. Editing now. Yeah, and and then so after the episode, like so we got so concerned with like what was changing that that the three of us that had read the books were all looking through IMDb at the episodes, and I was like, okay, well, when how many episodes does this character have, and how many is this? And I flipped out because a a very important character only had one episode, and I was like freaking out. You didn't even tell me that that important character, which I don't know the character, but you didn't say one episode. I don't think. Oh yeah, that so there was yeah. a, there was an important character yeah. um, that I did not say. It was really so the three of us are having a conversation and like trying not said to tell three you episodes. Somebody, like, another character, somebody that's else. Jeez, good lord. Had three okay, episodes. you guys were going through a lot of characters. We were. Then. All right. There was a lot, um, and it's just like so. I'm I'm trying to calm myself because I'm thinking that maybe IMDb is just not updated yet. Kind of tough when I don't know. I, I I think it might already be because well of the there's only complete information for the first three episodes. There's okay. partial information for four, and then there's very little for the following. So four. they may not know. So that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm like, all right, maybe it's just. But I like I flipped. So I'm on edge. I'm much more <laughs> on edge about this show than I was before. It's the thing is, it's not bad. Like the show itself is not bad. It's it's it's, it's just well not the, done. going the way you want it. It's not going the way, I mean, yeah, it's not going the way I want it because the way I want it is the way that it is, it goes. Uh, The way that it goes, the way that the book goes. And see, this is my problem with authors that step away from their projects and give it to other people. I don't actually know if he, I don't know, I would assume he's a producer on this. I thought um, Liz said, Liz and. uh, They they didn't know, they assumed. They were like, uh, but they don't actually know. Um, Let me. Google what Philip Pullman's uh, involvement in this is. Because my gripe with it is you're not going to be able to tell the story that I wrote. If I write this big epic, this four-book epic, and then I want to turn it into a TV show, and they pick Joe Schmo to go uh, write the TV show, I'm going to be over his shoulder, and I'm going to be giving him, you know, and I'm most likely not going to want you to take creative liberty on it. That's awkward. I just saw a really awkward headline. Oh, okay. So, I don't know. I, I I don't like when authors step away from their project and just let other people have free reign of, you know, whatever. Well, I think that's probably what happened with the movie, which you would think, like, so that's probably... So then you learn from your mistakes, Yeah, like, right? he would have learned from his mistakes. Yeah. So, I'm looking at the list of executive producers. Not seeing his name on there? I am. He's an executive producer, Philip Pullman. What about the writing room? Screw uh, the pro- so the could, the writing can, so this episode was written by Jack Thorne as was the first episode. 
Because you can give executive producer title. All to, every episode is written by Jack Thorne. Okay, so then yeah, he wasn't he wasn't involved in the writing. That's all it was. But if you're executive producing, that I mean, that's a have, title. You have to a certain. I mean, it's a title with a lot of money. Yeah, but that's only probably because it's like, hey, you wrote this, cool, and we're going to make it into a TV show. We'll give you executive producer credits. That's all that is. That doesn't mean he's going to sit there on, you know, at the set and be like, hey, that's not right. Or in the writer's room, like, hey, this isn't right. Like, no, we're just giving you this hollow title mm -hmm. and a lot of money. So that's, I think that's where that is. Now, if you saw him Well, and as a writing, producer, he's giving them a lot of money to get the show off the ground. Yeah. He's getting a return on that money. Yeah, but he's getting, yeah, exactly. But so. as, as, as one of the people bankrolling it, an executive producer has a good amount of pull. I think he's, uh, yeah, no, but I, I don't think he's going to step in at any point because he's like, no. I know this is going to be a hit regardless. Like, I trust, I mean, AKA, is it I trust you. Is I don't, it I haven't looked at reviews of this. Because that, that uh, awkward headline that I read, the headline says, His Dark Materials loses 1.5 million viewers on its second outing for the BBC. Ooh. That's a big hit. That's a big hit. Are we going to get all three? I fucking <laughs> hope so. Are they going to turn this into a... Well, I mean, find that. Says it find is not out. uncommon for TV dramas to lose viewers for their second episode, and a fairer reflection of the audience will come once catch-up and online viewing through iPlayer is factored in. Oh, okay. So maybe so we'll see. all the numbers we'll see. haven't come in yet. Uh, despite the drop-off in audience, his dark materials comfortably beat competition on other channels uh, on Sunday night and peaked with 6.2 million viewers. That's not something to wag your finger at either. Mm -hmm. That's that's a lot of people. And then what other channels are in the UK? <laughs> BBC Two, yeah. BBC Three, BBC all, Four. All government run, right? Sky. Sky Sports is pretty pretty good. I think I that's, watch. that's about all those channels I know off my top of my head. All right. But it's on BBC One, BBC Prime. Wow, don't you? No. <laughs> so uh, I don't know what to expect going forward. I'm confused. I don't know where we're going. That's I, good. I'm, I'm I'm happy that you are. It's interesting i don't know that it's good it doesn't 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 feel great it doesn't feel great it, it feels, feels it confusing feels it feels wrong it, it feels, feels wrong um and i'm i think i'm more going to see the full effects of this next season you know more than i so i, do. I don't i don't i right now I it just feels like it's going in a direction that a story naturally will you know not telling you too much showing some more information in the next episode but giving you more questions as well so i'm like okay I'll find out next episode. So yeah. All right. Are you are you still liking it? You enjoying it? You having a good time? I'm invested. So yeah, I, I like That's it. It's a very non-answer. What do you mean? I, what are Aaron, you talking about? Aaron. Aaron. Yes. Yes. Look at me. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Oh wow. That's do terrible. you like this show? No, don't look away. Don't look away. <laughs> look at me. Look at me. Look right here. <laughs> you're making it awkward look to right look here. at you when you're doing it like that. Uh, I, I have to blink. That's just a natural, like, thing. It's yes or no question. I. It's yes or no question, sir. I like this show. Thank you. That's all I was looking for. Why were you? <laughs> so if I said I did, <laughs> terrible. You're terrible. All right, that is it for episode two of Dust Watch. I'm still really excited we have a name for the show. We got to come yeah. up with an episode title. Well, uh, you guys listening to this will be able to see it, but Aaron and I right now will uh, have to take a moment to consider. Very true. And we will see you next week for episode three of Dust Watch. And uh, I don't really know how the fuck to end this. So. In you, you know, end it any way you like. <laughs> right there. End it with that stroke. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>